Center 11. It's 58 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The nation's fallen law enforcement authorities are being remembered in D.C. The Catholic Archdiocese of Washington held the 24th annual Blue Mass at St. Patrick's Catholic Church yesterday. Some of the nation's highest-ranking federal and law, local law enforcement officials honored the nearly 130 officers who died nationwide in 2017. Washington's Archbishop, Cardinal Donald Wuerl, formerly of Pittsburgh, presided over the Blue Mass ahead of National Police Week. Some online fantasy sports game operators are now regulated and taxed by Pennsylvania. Hmm. The PA Gaming Control Board began regulating FanDuel, DraftKings, and four other companies over the past weekend. Adjusted revenues are being taxed at 15%, so I guess... You're free and clear to use those services. Yeah, they had been tied up in litigation for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. At least a they, year. Didn't draft or one of those DraftKings or yeah, down. one of them. Yeah. Well, I thought, I thought that was, was because didn't they they were sharing each other's out like there was like programmers from both that were going switching back and forth and making all sorts of money because they knew how the algorithms like like weighted different betting averages and stuff. Oh. Wasn't that part of it? Probably. Might have been. Uh, according to a surprising new survey, young adults report being lonelier than the elderly. In general, nearly half of Americans report sometimes or always feeling alone or left out, and one in five people report they don't feel close to people or feel like there are people they can talk to. But despite social media and other ways to connect with others, adults between the ages of 18 and 22 reported being the loneliest. Well, think about like what a retirement community is. It's basically like a dorm room for old people. <laughs> it is. And when yep. did you feel like you were the most connected? Is when you were in a dorm, like you know, just uh, uh, consorting with everybody in on the floor and everything like that. That's basically what a you know any retirement community is. And add, yeah, in, I, add into that the fact that all young people stay on their computer and contact each other through social media, Netflix, and chill. They don't go out. Yeah. Like, yeah. The trend is to stay in. It's like a different world. The read, illusion of togetherness of social media yeah. is probably the biggest, uh, the biggest setback for this generation. I'd say. I, I was in line somewhere and overheard a guy talking about this retirement village that he lives in. It was like party time every night. Oh yeah, <laughs> they had activities and get-togethers and, and field trips. Have you heard of the Jimmy Buffett? Retirement community? Yeah. <laughs> Come There's on. There's literally a Jimmy Buffett-themed retirement community that literally my dad, every time that work gets a little bit too much, you can just kind of see him looking <laughs> off in the distance just thinking about a cheeseburger in paradise and like... <laughs> Snacking on sponge cake. What's that, Dad? Nothing. Steve Byrne calls that spring break before the, before the pearly gates. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like they're going for broke. Disease well, that, is rampant. Right. They're not using protection. The the villages in Florida is a huge... So much humping. A huge uh, retirement village, and the STDs are skyrocketing, skyrocketing there. Yeah, a lot of bony boning going on down there. Ooh. <laughs> you got to be careful. You could break a hip. Somebody else's. You're right. I mean, seriously, how many how many sex injuries do you think there have been in the villages? Like a they dozen a, a month? They have a special ambulance. It's a golf cart. And it just runs from <laughs> trailer to trailer. Oh, man. Oh, just think of some of the horrible injuries that could occur. 
I'm glad people are having sex that age because, like, I just feel like it's got to be hard to feel sexy. I don't feel, I'm like 35 right now. I don't feel sexy. I just got a night guard the other day to stop what my is teeth. That? It's, it's like a big fat retainer to stop your teeth from grinding. So I was like, I don't know. I looked at my wife. I was like, just when you thought I couldn't get any more attractive, what do you think of this thing? Dude, I'm telling you right now, I've had a night guard for, I got it probably same age as you when they're like, hey, by the way, you're grinding your teeth out of your skull. At yeah. night. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And so you get the <laughs> night guard. My girlfriend is like, you know, there's no way to like, no, you have to hide it. Yeah. It's like, I have to like hurry up and put it in when she's not looking. So I'm not like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have to clean it off. It's a whole disgusting thing. Everything about yeah. that is is awful. And it probably could be prevented <laughs> by changing lifestyle somehow to like change your mental state. <laughs> Never going to happen. You're just going to get less and less sexy by putting adding more and more things. I think the the if I could see somebody grinding their teeth like the most relaxed you're supposed to be at any point in the day and you're just <laughs> smushing your molars together. What does it look like? Because I'm picturing Joan Cusack and 16 Candles. No, it's like not uh, being able to drink from the water thick, fountain. Like it's like a thick retainer like it like a real beefy retainer that like even if you wanted to grind it down with your teeth you couldn't because it's made of like epoxy or something like that yeah it's like um softer than your it's teeth. like you know no. football mouth no. guard you know that you wear like yeah. when, when, like the ones you dip in the boiling water and you know yeah, but yeah. they're hard it's not teeth. like dentures it's not the same yeah uh texture but it's the it kind of looks like that but it's a little thicker but dude yeah it, they sell all these different kinds of ones, Jeff, you'll find uh, as time goes on, you need it. And so if you don't have it, like you can go to like the uh, Rite Aid or something and get these smaller ones or like these like disposable ones. And uh, your your life becomes less and less sexy all the time <laughs> as you start to accumulate things like mouth guards and mouth guard cleaners. Ooh. <laughs> a little, little, little a powder, like an effortant for your mouth guard. Well, the, de- the dentist looks at me as he's handing this to me, and he hands it and kind of holds it back. He goes, you don't have a dog, do you? And I was like, no. And he goes, oh, okay, good. Then this thing's safe. I was like, what, what's going on? He goes, he goes dogs just eat mouth guards all the time. <laughs> I don't know. What, I mean, I know dogs eat mostly anything, but I would think that would be like the least appetizing thing for a dog. Your dog's like, dude, I've been grinding my teeth. Can I borrow that? <laughs> Who's keeping their mouth guard near where their dog can get well, it? It's like when you buy a toothbrush on a nightstand. If you just put it on your nightstand. You, dude, it's so gross. You have to like, it needs have to be case. near a sink. It needs to be, yeah. It, it needs has to have its a own case. container. You yeah. have to clean the thing off. It's like the grossest. Oh. And then it changes color. Here's the worst part. <laughs> There's nothing oh. you can do about it. It changes color, and you can't like scrub it out. No, just because it's old, or because the yeah, like, like the acid in your all of it, the the combination of the the aging of it, the your bacteria in your mouth. Yes, and it Which changes the dirty. color of it, and it's the nastiest thing. And like nothing will take, dude. It's I feel so bad for you right now. And <laughs> you're right. The original point of this was it's less and less sexy. Uh, but the as mouth, you age, yeah, yeah, the mouth guard thing triggered me because I have like. Portable mouth guard stuff. Like I went, I, when I was on vacation, I was back. like, "Good night." Like <laughs> it's one stop well, short of the mask for for uh, sleep, sleep apnea. apnea. Oh, yeah, on the other hand, crumbling teeth not real sexy either. Yeah, Dude, but see, here's the thing: worst. at those uh, at those retirement homes, um, nobody has teeth. You're all in the same boat. <laughs> there no, are. You, I mean, you take your teeth out at the end of the night. Maybe and that's real that's sexy. sexy time. But to Jeff's point, like. You know, they still have the biological imperative 
They still want to do yeah. it. And See, I actually, I actually yeah. don't like that. I think that I that know, is that's a- completely reversing. Like, <laughs> I look at that nature. and go, oh, no. I'm going to care about this stuff <laughs> when I'm 90? <laughs> I know. I was hoping to be off the hamster wheel and just, you know, reading books. <laughs> I'm going to be figuring gonna, out a, a deeper meaning to life. Puzzles. I'm going to be taking my shirt off at 88 thinking my pecs could use some work. Like, right. What the heck it's, am I going to do in that situation? I, remember my, I don't think it's a good thing. My aunt lived in a retirement village and we went to visit her. I was in college. And those guys are in pretty good shape, some of them. Of course. Well, it like, depends yeah, what kind of getting is. a lot of cardio. Guys ripped. Well, plus everybody has money there, so that's the big. That's what I feel like. That's most the like money most of time. the relationships are, are done because like my grandkids need to go to college. So old Roy over there, he was a he owned a foundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, you think about it now when you get together with your friends from like college and you listen to music that's only 15 or 20 years old like oh dude we used to listen to this in college all the time mm-hmm. and then imagine the amplified effect that must have when you're in your 70s 80s listening to the stuff you listen to when you could really get it done and you people are shaking it and you probably look over mm-hmm. at the other person and old roy doesn't look like old roy he looks like young roy because you knew him back in the day or you knew Agnes back in the day either that or you're 80 and he's 72 and you really think you're getting away with one you know Mm-hmm. I you, I've wondered before, like, am I going to listen to Metallica when I'm old? Yeah. Like, what if they had a Metallica retirement village, like Jimmy Buffett's? They may one day. They yeah, might. it's going to start. It's going to be like cruises. They're just going to have themed retirement villages. I think you'll mellow out. I don't think you'll listen to Metallica when you're old. I bet I will. Mm, I mean, maybe. you. They say you listen whatever you like when you're younger. That you listen. Yeah, it to that takes your you back. Life. Well, it is where, you know, because like the 60 Minute special last week on Alzheimer's and they always talk about how like, you know, people with dementia and Alzheimer's music is the one key. Mm-hmm. Always brings them back. So if that becomes one day like Metallica is bringing people out of like yeah. the catatonic state, like the irony of the, you know, the one video, the person like being <laughs> trapped in there and then later on in life one day. That could be the actual music that's pulling them out of that scenario. Often, never, never learn. Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah, when you're, you're like, you're right, I am. I'm, a, I'm very close Are to never Are we all <laughs> off to never, never land? All right, well, might as well get in this last bump and grind session. Oh, boy. So let's talk about your snacking habits. Baby. Uh, when you <laughs> snack, do you usually go for sweet things like cookies or salty things like chips? Uh, C, all of the above. Yeah. Right. It, Sweet and salty. Yeah. Six, 69% go salty. I mean, I love the chips. Yeah, me too. Serena found these new chips. They're like... I thought you were going to say she found them hidden. <laughs> no. Oh, no. She, well, she hides them from me. Oh, I, but, but I thought you hid them from her. So no, you could, no, you no, could no, secretly no. eat them. I am the hunter, not, you know, not the hunted. Yeah. She What's found these new chips. They're like ruffles, but they're not as hard as ruffles. They're oh. like, are they I think they're thin? Whole Foods uh, version of it. I don't know what they are. They're thin. They have sea salt on them, and they're the best chips I've ever had. But in my what's life. more important in a chip is crunch more important than in a chip, or is salt content? Mm-hmm. Well, you know the salt's going to be there. And not you know, always. You know the crunch is going to be there. 
Not always. Some, some they, so? have, they have varying degrees of crunchiness. Do they have soft chips somewhere? I'm gonna, like, like a, like a oh, lace. Oh, you're talking a, about Val. Yeah. When you grind your like teeth your at night, you need to have a soft <laughs> chip. All Listen, right. We had. A, I just went through a whole discussion on on what type of hard foods I can put in my mouth. No, there's different Ayo. types of crunchiness. Little kettle, kettle Ket- chips. That'll I was give gonna you a good say crunch. kettle okay. chips. It's, are it's super like crunchy. chewing a shard of glass. Well, they're very Those are thick. the best. The the kettle chip is the best chip. But if you're not ready for it, it'll rip up the roof of your but mouth. But kettle chips can also be lacking in the salt department, I've found. I totally agree with you. They are the best conduit for dip, though. Very sturdy, structurally yes. sound. You can put a, There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, you can put a bean dip on that chip, you know? <laughs> and it won't snap. Right, but a Lay's, uh, conversely to Jeff's point, saltier yeah. than hell. Can't, yeah. can't get a good dip with a Lay's. You got to get a couple go, of them. You got to go straight down in the dip That's, that's oh, with no. a Lay's. How do you, you can't oh, scoop. Oh, there it is. You just like a and coating. It, it yeah. has to be a yeah. French onion or something yes. you can't. can get in and out of. Right. <laughs> can't scoop. Sound like Dude. Joey O'Connell and <laughs> Billy Gardell. <laughs> oh, you got to be able to get in and out. Do you snack throughout the day or do you have snack time like you're in kindergarten? No, it's basically I mean, after like an hour after dinner, I just have no braised. self-control over myself. Yeah, and it's just whatever's lying around. After 8 o'clock, from 8 o'clock till I go to bed, that is the most dangerous time of the day for me. I'm grazing and snacking like a madman. 67% pick through the day. And this would answer the next question. Are you a late-night snacker? But that's this would be after 9 p.m. they qualified it as 54 percent say they do snack late at night oh yeah how about do you do it in bed yes no no 66 percent do not because they hate the crumbs in the sheets crumbs are nothing to me (laughs) (laughs) do a little vacuum cleaner oh yeah i do one swim move they're all out of the bed lift the sheet and give it a flip (laughs) yeah No, uh, no, no, that would require me getting out of the bed. That's, that's not the floor's happening. problem now. No, I mean when you're laying under it, you just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Flick it off you. Right. Do you snack in places other than the kitchen, like the car or your desk? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all terrain, no, baby. I don't. Non-stop. I keep, like, protein bars in my car because if I get hungry or something and I'm stuck in traffic, I find the amount of anger that will uh, mm. uh, I, I will accrue <laughs> by sitting there is severely lessened if I just open up a, a chocolate power bar and I'm like, Soothing. okay, that's fine. See, I used to keep, a, a like, one of those, like, sleeves of peanuts in my, oh, uh, yeah, in my glove compartment Lance. on the off chance that I, like, roll over a hill and I'm stuck <laughs> and I need to survive, I, I have to survive for a day in the wilderness. That's why I have my planters, lightly salted, dry roasted peanuts that should get me through 24 hours. Those are good, too, because if you get trapped upside down in the car, in the ceiling, you can always like work your tongue to just do yeah, one at a time off. <laughs> yeah. like a lizard. I find if I'm ever stuck in traffic, I find this magnetic pull pulling me towards fast food. I, I, it's like if I sit in a line at the end of it, I either have to be riding a roller coaster or eating a fast food sandwich. I've been driving a lot for work, just my normal job, and it's it's impossible. Like if you have to travel a lot, like during the day, there's no way you're getting out of this without high cholesterol. Right. That's it. It's driving's a tough one, man. Driving is like uh, I think equal to to sleeping in terms of like lack of sleep. In terms of like the wear and tear on your body, because it's it, like it screws with your lower back, your hips, your le- like it, people have a lot of orthopedic problems who drive all the time. 
And there has to be some like sort of sedentary effect that you have to combat if you drive like for every four hours you have to get up and like walk around a sheets for yeah. a, a ten minutes. And I'm sure nobody does it. But think about the healthy options in some of those truck stops and some of those places. There's no <laughs> real food. Like I've been eating very healthy and stopped at one of those places and I'm like, there's nothing for me here. But I've seen more places like Get Go has a like a bucket, not a bucket, but a Bowl of apples, but and see, bananas I don't even oranges. trust those apples. Yeah, I'm like, where'd where those, those apples, apples come from? Yeah, I, I don't know. Th- those apples have something in them. I don't know because they they're probably there. I can't imagine the turnover rate of a sheets apple is less than three weeks. Those are so like what's going on with those apples that they can hang around? Indoor apples long. grown with <laughs> leftover weed lamps or something. <laughs> I uh, I bought a banana at the Kogos in Sharpsburg once, and. When I was checking out, and all I got was a water and a banana, because it was the same thing. Like I, I had to eat something. I gotta but, eat but something. But I, you know, I didn't want to eat a candy bar or chips. And he, I got a banana and a water, and the lady just looked at it and she goes, huh, "A banana." <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't even know it was there. No that idea. I think somebody might have left that in here. <laughs> Did you pick that up off the floor? <laughs> we don't banana. have that in the system. Someone dropped just, that out of their lunch. I, just bucket. take it. I wondered if she thought I was trying to sell it to her. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I have, I'm fine. I don't need a banana, hun. Thanks. No, I got these fried apples I'm going to have later. Hun. And finally, I don't know how this isn't 100%, but are you more likely to snack if you're having a bad day? Oh, God. Yes. I mean, yeah. come on. Yes. It's 66% said yes. Oh, yeah. That's low. That's what I said. How is it how not is 100%? Right. But what what is the... Like I, I find, and this isn't just the snacking. This is just with anything in general. Why, when things are going bad, do we always make it worse for ourselves? Is it some kind of like self-flagellation? Like I'm punishing myself? Like you know, it's bad yeah. for you. It's that. Is it instant... something that you have control over? It's the yeah, shot it's well, of dopamine. Yeah, it's yeah. well, why they call it comfort food. Yeah. It's, it's it's short-term it's satisfaction. <gasps> it's this feels so good. Like drinking, and by the way, given the. Given the choice between drinking off a bad day or eating off the bad, I would eat every time. I would love to yeah. just take out. To yeah. Well, it doesn't seem quite as a, as a slippery slope when, like, you have a bad day and you're like, "I'm going to get hammered." You just think like <laughs> this. Yeah. This, if I maybe this is okay one time, but if if this is my go to solution for a bad day, then I think yeah. I need to see a counselor. <laughs> and I've become like my own drill sergeant. I hate myself. I, I literally <laughs> said, I, I ran yesterday and said to myself, stop pushing me around. And I was talking to myself. Uh. I'm like, I got to stop letting me bully me. I'm not going to stand for it anymore. Oh, yeah. Well, once you learn to be kind to yourself, Bill, all kinds of wonderful but things just, will open up for you. But, you know, the, it's that weird thing where you have a thought like okay i like jeff saying i know this is bad for me i don't want to do this uh, and yeah. then all of a sudden this lizard brain takes over yeah and i'm no i'm at the bottom of a bag of doritos but then don't you always think i'll make up for it later <laughs> oh yeah i'll put in extra miles the next day then <laughs> right. you wake up angry upset well you can just do what i do and don't keep garbage around. Just try to do all like healthy options that they tell you you should have around and then eat three times more than you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
completely cancel out any benefits. I've got a lot of almonds over call. here. I've got a lot of uh, strawberries and blueberries over here. There's some cottage cheese over there. And then look, uh. oh, what a nice trip to the grocery store this was. A day later, I'm like... I don't have any food left. <laughs> See, but I feel like that in those situations, the dam eventually breaks. Like, there's only so many cashews I can eat before I go to the grocery store, walk by a like uh, the cookie aisle, and just eat a rack of EL fudges. <laughs> yeah, right. A rack yeah. of EL fudges. Seaback like brought in those donuts last week. The best donuts I've ever had. Like, for real. I tried to be like, I'm not even gonna, because the taste of them. Once I look at them, then I'm, I'm in. Hooked. So I was like, everybody's like, oh, my God, the donuts. For like four hours, I heard it. So finally, I was like, all right, I got to have a taste. And I literally took a knife, and I cut off a little piece of a donut and ate it. And I wanted to throw myself down the stairs for being <laughs> such a pansy. Yeah, how good was it, though? It was so good. It was the best little sliver of a donut <laughs> the I ever had. The sugar rush was oh. overwhelming. I don't know what it was like. The, the, the cake donut, it was like... Um, Funnel cake. If they took the funnel oh, cake and made that into God. a donut, a little bit of a crunchy yeah. outside, and just flavor every single chew on a bite. I was like, "Oh my God, Rick's- I'm never eating a, a banana from a sheets again." <laughs> Why don't that, that just uh, that makes me think that like Rick Seaback has a deal with the devil that he keeps bringing all this delicious food in that he's somehow conjured up from from like a witch's <laughs> brew or something oh, yeah. like that. You guys didn't have the bacon. No, that was oh no. my oh, god. He brought in bacon on a stick. <laughs> bacon on a it stick. Was that was from the barbecue like, place that I can't remember the name right now. Yeah, out in oh. um, not Turtle Creek. Somewhere out uh, there, right off the Monroeville exit. Yeah. It was it was pork belly really. I mean it wasn't it was Ooh. thick. It was like an fan. inch and a half thick. I'm a fan. Did you and have it, that with the donut? No. I just I had was that. gonna say. It just melted in your mouth. It was so good. Oy. Good God. All right, we gotta wrap See, it up. See now this is the this is the type of night now that I or this is the type of interaction that I have now. It's not like, dude, you shouldn't have left the club the other night. <laughs> it got crazy. I'm like you guys left before the bacon got brought <laughs> out. Oh, my God. I never should have missed Can't it. Can't believe I missed out. Uh, forecast today, breezy, hot, 80 for the high. 80. It's 58 at DVE. Oh, yeah, the poppy version on this uh, hot day. Mr. Wednesday, is. Jeff Conkle hanging out with us. Mike pursued it. What? Do we have an angry version of that? Because that's what I feel like after that game last night. Uh, ooh. Tom Wilson is garbage. I, he's just a trash bag of just a human being. Garbage. And uh I had to pull out my Hanson brothers. Yeah, you do. To wear today. You're uh my Hanson brothers. You're you're John's karmically Sheets. trying to uh affect hmm. the penguins. To, you know, look, they were in attendance last night. I wish he would have came out of the stands. Oh. He had a broken jaw, Zach Aston Reese. Oh. And a concussion. No penalty. No penalty again. No penalty. On ice, they just completely failed. Oh yeah, I was a a jurgles for bike night, so I was you know I couldn't hear anything. But I didn't hear. Yeah, I couldn't hear the first two periods. I and I was livid. They livid. They they were not. They were like I haven't seen an angle that would conclusively um, dictate if he if he you know hit the head. I'm like. Dude, he left his skates to the point where he flung himself into the bench. And isn't your jaw part of your head? <laughs> Last I mean, time I checked. How do you, how do you break your jaw, jaw on a shoulder-to-shoulder hit? We're, we're uh, the NHL is just there's they're consistently 
inconsistent with this stuff. And particularly in this series, Tom Wilson and the Capitals have had carte blanche to just do whatever the hell they want. It's happened every, the last three series. Yep. Orpik had the hit on Mata two series ago. Last series yeah. was the uh, Ovechkin to Niskanen ping pong Crosby's head around yeah. job. Yeah, and you know we've been we still should have won the game last night, despite yeah, well, all that. That was a real heel to the groin. Oh, heel to the balls. Mike has your sports when we come back. A recap of last night's game three, in which the Penguins got Wilsoned. DVE Sports. Well, instead of talking. About the best matchup of NHL stars, you can imagine, with Ovi versus Sidney Crosby, everyone's talking about a guy named Tom Wilson. Well, that's their choice. There's a lot of good hockey being played, and there's a lot of crap happening at the same time. Sports is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Capitals beat the Penguins 4-3 to last night in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, the decisive tally, a spectacular goal. Scored by the Caps' Alex Ovechkin at 18.53 of the third period, a two-on-one. Nicholas Backstrom feeding Ovechkin around Chris Letang. Ovechkin first hits the post and then bats the rebound out of the air and into the net, and the Caps regain control of the series at two games to one. But uh, as Randall mentioned, a lot of talk after the game about the hit leveled by Tom Wilson on Zach Aston Reese. Aston Reese left the game. Caps head coach Barry Trotz asked about the play afterward. Here's his response. Well, Tom, Tom is obviously he's a he's a big body. He's tremendously, um, you know, strong and he, and he hits hard. And you know, my first look at the, the the hit. I mean, both guys were bracing for it. They were shoulder to shoulder, and he just blew through him. I, you know, as I say, there's a very passionate fan bases. We have a fashion a very passionate fan base. Pitt does, um, and you you can't be neutral. That's why there's a, a neutral party that looks at it. Um, and if, you know, we've just said all along that whatever the league decides, we're we're good with them. And um, uh, to me, it was a it was a hard hockey hit. Mike Sullivan, uh, not surprisingly, had a different interpretation. We just have to stay focused. You know, we we lose a guy to a a broken jaw that's going to require surgery and a concussion because of another high hit to the head. So, um, you know, at, at, at some point, we would hope that, uh, we would hope that, you know, the league might do something. And, uh, but as far as we're concerned, all we can, can, all we can do is control what's within our power, and that's our focus on the game. So that's, what, that's where our focus will be. Now, as the losing coach Sullivan spoke first last night, then Trotz said what he had to say, and Trotz was uh, informed of Sullivan's opinion. Here was Trotz's response to that. I really don't care what Sully said. God, I would pay to see them fight. Ugh. Throw that dude on the ground. And here we go. See, now... Uh, I feel like I'm too bought in. I'm too emotionally yep. invested in this right now. <laughs> yep. Last this, night did this it. I feel like I have a dog level. in the fight, and I don't really, but I do. I'm angry. Yeah. Me too. I got yeah. sucked in after after Wilson hit Dumoulin. He's like, yeah, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't, you know, I wasn't going for his head. I would. Then he does it again yesterday. So it's all a lie. Here's a prediction. 
he's going to do it in the next game if he's not suspended. Or whenever he comes back. It's the only way he plays. He Maybe just... they should suspend the star players instead of the offender. Suspend Ovi. Because that'll hurt them more than Tom Wilson. See, I th- then maybe guys will be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. I think Sullivan was uh, hitting up Ryan Reeves on Twitter, being like, yo, you want to come back just for a period or so? Oh. Mike, you're unfazed by it. I, I think it was a suspendable hit. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that happened last night, and I think uh, the biggest take for me, if you're the Penguins, is uh, this is according to Doc Emmerich. Uh, they've given up 17 odd man rushes in three games. <sighs> They gave up three in the third period of game three. They gave up two in the last five minutes of game three. Yeah, that's not good enough. If you're trying to win the series, that's not the way to do it. And uh, I, I thought, you know, I thought last night's hit was egregious. I said what I said about the Dumlin hit in game two. I thought Dumlin turned and leaned into that one. And I, I did not see that as a, suspendable, as a suspendable hit based on the way the rule is written. I saw a guy last night target the head and connect shoulder to jaw, but uh, as Mike Sullivan pointed out, the Penguins, the, the league is the only entity that's going to handle that. I thought they did a really good job keeping their focus last night. Uh, I, I thought they played through it as best they could, uh, but Randy, I think you made the point about Holtby yesterday. He said he's really good until he isn't. Mm-hmm. That was the Penguins last night. They, they played really well for long stretches of that game, but they had some horrific breakdowns, and it seems like every time they had a breakdown, it ended up in their net. Yep. And they've just got to be better than this if they're going to win this series. I, I didn't see anything last night that leads me to believe that uh, they can't win this series. But I, you, you can't give up six two-on-ones or breakaways a game. I'll tell you what's a little bit alarming is I thought that Chad Ruidol was by far the best defenseman the entire game last night. He was good. And that's a, good. that's a little concerning. <laughs> that's concerning? Yeah, if he if he's by far, let, yeah. you have Latang Dumoulin. Dumoulin was pretty good last yeah, night. Dumoulin, I thought, I thought, was, I thought right. Dumoulin yeah. was their best. Latang and Mata were bad. Yeah, uh, bad. That's concerning. Bad. Ruiz doing well is is good. Yeah. I think. Oh no, I, I, props to him. I think he was saying in juxtaposition yeah, with the guys who should oh, be that's the your, stars. That's your Relative, best guy. Yeah. That's got a problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I'm I'm working on like zero sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, this is they talk about. You know, not being distracted and staying focused and being focused on the game and controlling what they can control. And this is a great test uh, of their ability to do that. But uh, they got to fight through this stuff. No, no pun intended. Uh, if the league doesn't do anything about it, then they're going to have to deal with it. And the way to deal with it is not to give up six effing three-on-twos, two-on-ones, or breakaways a game and hang Murray out to dry as often as they have. Uh, Murray really culpable, I thought, on the Niskanen goal. Oh, that was leaky, uh, leaky, That leaky. was a bad one, and that was a <laughs> bad time to give up a bad goal when you're protecting a one-goal lead in the third period. But yeah, he's shooting it from the parking lot, and there's nobody <laughs> in front of the net. You, you can't let that go in. Yeah, he just can't. He he mentioned a, uh, a fly-by screen, Dumlin cut in front mm-hmm. of him, but I – I watched it again last night, and it looked like Dumoulin was clear as Niskanen was releasing the puck, so he should have been able to track that one. Um, Three games in, it usually goes six. Sometimes it goes seven. I think that's where we're headed. 
The nice thing to note is that uh, apparently that in the Penguins Cap series, the only team that hasn't won Game Three and then on gone on to win the series is the Capitals. So if uh, <laughs> that's a good track record to go on, yeah. The one now uh, we're going to get to some other Barry Trot stuff today. Uh, the the one comment he made last night that really got my attention was him talking about how this is a different Capitals team and they don't. Uh, look too far ahead anymore, and they're not uh, playing with expectation uh, as they have in the past. Uh, Mike Milbury made kind of a similar point. He just said this is a different Washington team. Mm-hmm. If if the Penguins are waiting for the Caps to just kind of fall apart and come unglued, as their postseason history suggests they are bound to do, then that might be a long wait. They're going to have to go win this. Mm-hmm. It starts with Ovechkin. Look at the game he had to close out the Jackets, and then look at the the games he's had in this series. He's on a four-game point streak. Yeah, and that was that was a spectacular goal last night to, to end it. Um, but you can't give him that two-on-one. Nope. You just can't, and they did it twice in the last five minutes. And that's, uh, that's a recipe for disaster. Game four coming up on Thursday. Uh, elsewhere last night, Winnipeg fell behind Nashville 3 nothing, and then rallied for a 7-4 win. The Jets have a two-games-to-one lead in that series. Uh, Lightning and the Bruins play in Boston tonight, tied at a game apiece. Golden Knights are at San Jose, leading the Sharks two games-to-one. Pirates got beat by the Nationals 12-4. to Did you guys catch the uh, Doc Emmerich closeout? Yep. He said the Caps lead this series 2-1, to and the Washington Nationals lead their series 2 to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been shocked. Bucks and Nats again tonight. Ivan Nova against Steven Strasburg. And last but certainly not least, uh, if you haven't seen uh, the Post-Gazette, take a look at uh, Ed Bouchette's article. He interviewed Ben Roethlisberger yesterday about Mason Rudolph. Oh, God. Oh, man. Uh. <laughs> Roethlisberger said, quote, I plan on playing for three to five more years, depending on how the line goes and staying healthy, if I can stay healthy. If he's going to be their guy, that's great. But in my perfect world, it's not going to be for a while. So this was the Steelers' strategy all along. It wasn't so much about bringing Rudolph on as it was getting Ben to stick around a little bit longer. (laughs) That's interesting. That was so Ben. That response, I mean, right on brand. You knew he was going to have that reaction. You just knew it. I'm curious to see how those guys get along. (laughs) I'm guessing not well. He's uh, he's a big dude, uh, Rudolph. Have you ever known two guys who are 6'5 and above to be friends? No. Usually somebody who's 6'5 just has a cadre of short 5'10 people <laughs> hanging around them. Th- those, those two people cannot be friends with each other. No. It's impossible. Somebody will try to put up a hammock between them. <laughs> it's just not a good idea. Uh Val's got your news coming up. Top of the hour. Valerie. We're going to talk about the temperatures that make people say hot as balls and cold as hell. <laughs> Jason Mackey, 815. <laughs> Phil Bork, 845. Billy Gardell in the nine hour. And Mark Madden closes it out today. <laughs> yeah. It's the DVE morning show. Facebook's finally doing something good. Jeff Conkle's here, by the way, Mr. Wednesday. Facebook is uh, now going to create a feature and offer called Clear History. It lets you completely scrub your information from their site and any apps that are still accessing it. Hmm. All right. Is this like makeup sex? Yes, it is. It's going to roll out in the next couple of months. The only problem is I don't trust anything, and I'm pretty sure everybody has all my information 
And that's uh, th- my phone rings nonstop. My, oh my god! My phone just rings nonstop now, and I'm afraid because I don't put the ringer on because it won't stop ringing. That I'm gonna get like because you know the only time you really get a call now, unless you're a parent, is uh, an emergency. You know, right? For me, it's like my friends don't call, my brothers and sisters, and I text. Yeah. You know, mm. and so uh, I'm afraid I'm gonna look down one day and see like you know help need ride to the hospital call that I missed. See, this is, I, this is the thing with Facebook is that like that I'm with you because that's their entire business model. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say goodbye revenue source. So what's the trade off there? Are they going to make you like you know spit into a vial and go 23andMe and they collect all your DNA evidence in exchange for your you know uh, college pictures or what? I don't know if they did the you know did the research and said you know what there's only a small portion of our of our clientele here that's going to be. Um, savvy enough to do this or care enough about their privacy to do this. And for the other 80% of the Facebook users, we can still sell their stuff yeah. up the river. So who right. cares? We'll offer it and let, let's just see who uses it. It's like getting somebody a Groupon. Like they're, they're expecting people not to use it. Data sales made up 13% of their total revenue. So selling your information. I can't it wasn't more. Yeah, I thought that was their whole business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, well, they probably- ad revenue is really where it's at for them. Uh, but and you would think maybe the latest scandals would have uh, taken a dent out of that. Uh, not so much in the last year. Maybe it'll show up next year. But right now, uh, they have a 150 percent increase in sales year mm. year. So they're doing great, and they are trying to tell you that they are taking measures to protect your information, but. I agree with you, Jeff. The whole reason for their existence is, uh, you know, uh, Zuckerberg can say as many sort of Steve Wynn-ish type of things as he wants to in terms of, no, this is about building a community. This is about bringing us closer together, actually. Because a lot of people say he actually believes that. He actually, in, in his heart of hearts, thinks that this is actually good for humanity. And the fact I think is, initially it was. I, it it connected a, a lot of people. Yeah. They're going to do a a dating app. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't know what they call that, face date? Oh, that could be a weird date. Yeah. (laughs) Do you ever get uh, kind of freaked out because they say, like, you know, they're selling your information, meaning that there's, like, a amalgamation of your information that basically comprises your internet personality? And I think that freaks me out a little bit. I just want to talk to the person who is dealing in that reality and just find out about myself that's like, what i want to tell do me too. a little bit about me <laughs> well you're a conspiracy theorist that likes the band paramore a little bit too much and you drive a <laughs> mazda that's about accurate yeah. yeah i mean it's it's crazy to think you know whenever that cambridge analytica thing came out the one thing that just stuck in my head was if it's a free platform the product is you that's what they're selling that's they're offering an exchange, and I didn't realize, I don't think a lot of people realize that that Nobody exchange did. was happening. So you were talking about getting the, the bot phone calls from the unknown mm-hmm. numbers? 5.12 a.m. yesterday morning, I get a text from an unknown number. Well, the, I know the number, but I don't. Did it just say sup? No, it said, <laughs> I'm looking for sex with someone while I'm at work or when I'm home and my husband has gone. 
Age, body type, doesn't matter. Just want a honest and good man. Think you real and want to meet me. And Thank you real. Bleep me. Hardly if you serious about me and sex, then find me. And there's a link to a website. <laughs> I just... Like, well, who, what, how did these people get my number and why am I getting Who's responding to that feeler? Like... I just need... Well, like, never mind. Yeah, no pun intended <laughs> there. Go Sorry. When in doubt, yeah. leave it out. Yeah, that's right. Uh... But I, don't I, think, don't, I, I can't block, I don't know how to block the number on what a text. What nefarious websites, what corners of the dark web were you navigating? I know, I don't. That ended up on your phone. I have no idea. Good Lord. You probably like gave your debit card at a gas station and that's how they got that information. I think about that all the time, man. Swiping your debit card. Like you should always use your credit card, never your debit card. Yeah, and you shouldn't, and I did this last night, you should not use, they say to avoid getting hacked or whatever, you shouldn't use an ATM machine not affiliated with a bank. Oh, like really? if you Those just things, see some yeah. random one, yeah, like on a corner or something. Or you go to a bar and it just says like ATM, and you know that there's like a bag of Coke stashed <laughs> in like the, the lockbox <laughs> yeah. too. You know, and I did that last night, and as I'm punching the buttons, I'm like, huh, I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, yeah. You Are know. you cool with us charging you three seventy five to take out this money? I guess. Yes, I'm a diesel. <laughs> I need cash. I so need cash. Yeah, fine. Because the cigarettes in the bathroom are nine dollars. <laughs> just want to buy two single Newports. What's the big problem? Uh, see, I'm just waiting for Facebook to actually just sell all of our data to this, like the CIA or the FBI. They already have it, and that'll be a good day because two men in suits will come knocking at my door, like, "Hey, are you Jeff Conkle?" I'll be like, "Yeah." And they'll be like, are you the same Jeff Conkle that looked up the phrase, what does human meat taste like? <laughs> no. That was, so- somebody stole my computer. <laughs> if somebody looked at my search history, search history last night after the Tom Wilson hit, I looked up pile of poop. <laughs> are you looking for a gif? Yeah. Oh, and, and so the, I don't know what they would determine from that. This guy likes scat. Uh, What's wrong with this dude? Tom Wilson delivering a uh, broken jaw to Zach Aston Reese last night, which uh, the league, no penalty called. He laughed at the injury on the bench. The, the refs, that's, all that's the, refs what the did, players were pissed the refs off. Get, yeah, Latang said, I respect his game. I, I actually respect how physical he plays, but you can't laugh at somebody who's injured. Well, they, that's why Aston Reese threw his glove on the bench is because two people were chipping at him from there. Did you see him? He whipped yeah. his glove into the, into the bench. Now, I will. can we at least agree on this? Is that Tom Wilson, despite being a total piece of garbage, is very good looking. <laughs> let's, he, he has the, Alarmingly don't, don't so. He's only 24 years don't old. Don't you think he has the Gronk factor? No. You don't, I, don't, I don't think he's good looking at all. Well, I just have to respectfully disagree with you. He's <laughs> <laughs> not a guy that I... Think, boy, it's I, if he wasn't such a jerk. He looks See, like I the, think it's the Gronk thing, where like you hate him, but he's also charismatic somehow. But, but, but Gronk is a—he's like dopey. He's like a cute. You dopey. think Tom Wilson is nefarious? Tom, Tom Wilson Tom is Wilson. just a penis. <laughs> what? Tom Wilson looks like <laughs> he would end up in the finals. On one of the Road Rules Real yes, World Gauntlet challenges. Yeah. Tom Wilson looks like, like Buddy Ravel from 3 O'Clock High. <laughs> he looks like the guy you have to fight after school that you're terrified to fight. Like he's he's part of the Cobra Kai. Yeah. You hire a bully and then he beats up the bully. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You, Uh-oh. 
<clears throat> Zach Aston Reese probably had a note from Tom Wilson knifed into his steering wheel. This is going to get ugly. The Penguins blow it last night, and it's not because of Tom Wilson. It's an easy thing to sort of take your frustration yeah. out on, but they uh, they had too many breakdowns, allowed too many odd man rushes, and Mata turning it over with under a minute to go was one of the biggest boneheaded plays of the postseason so far. The Penguins had the caps on their heels at that moment. A nice trip by Wilson. Yeah, and then he tripped uh, slew-footed Mata after that play, no call. Mata gets, or rather, Wilson gets to do whatever he wants in these playoffs, and uh, the NHL is just fine with that. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us this morning. What do you got coming up, man? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I just, I just went through a whole April was very busy, so I got nothing coming up, and I'm very happy. With Doesn't it. that feel nice? So great. You can actually sleep. I get to mulch my house. You know, I'm very excited about now my we're mulch. Talking. If there's one thing we become accustomed to here in Pittsburgh, if you plan anything, if you're a performer, if you are a promoter, if you're a musician, comedian, what have you, one thing you don't do, wrap it up during playoff is season, book gigs during playoff season from the end of April. Until June, take a knee. Yep. You need the rest, and they're going to screw you out of an audience. Yes. The, even if they're not playing. Everyone's they, tired. Everyone's tired to the guests. So, good move by you, taking a break. On yeah, that. I'm doing the same thing. Uh, I we need got a couple days off. Jason Mackey, Phil Bork, Billy Gardell, Mark Madden, all still to come. And Val's up next with your news here on the DV Morning. I bought a banana at the Kogos in Sharpsburg once. <laughs> and and the lady just looked at it and she goes, huh, a banana. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even know it was there. No that idea. I think somebody might have left that in here. <laughs> Did you pick that up off the floor? <laughs> we it's don't have that in the system. Someone dropped just, that out of their lunch uh, Just take it. I wondered if she thought I was trying to sell it to her. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I have, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need a banana, hun. Thanks. No, oh. I got these fried apples I'm going to have later. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Tom Wilson is garbage. The third headshot in nine games for the... Capital goon who slew-footed Mata after his brutal turnover led to the game-winning goal. An absolute disgrace. Put that all aside for a second. Penguins should have won the game. They screwed up. They had every opportunity. Yep. Tom Wilson is not why the Penguins lost. Okay? Let's acknowledge that. Let's put that up high on a shelf and remember that's the most important thing to, uh, to realize. Now let's go back to hating on Tom Wilson. Okay. What a piece of trash. And the NHL is an absolute garbage league for allowing him to roam around and do whatever he wants. Like laughing at uh, Zach Aston Reese with a broken oh, jaw. That was smirk. over the top. Just la you know. Even for him, that was just, that's gross. And then Trotz, I don't care what Sullivan thinks, his comments after the game. If you thought it was ugly last night, Folks, it's going to get uglier unless the NHL comes down hard on Wilson. Or at all. Or at all. How does he not end up with a suspension for any of this? I disagree with Mike on the Dumoulin hit. Mike thinks that they follow the letter of the rule in the uh, NHL. And the, maybe the rule needs to change. Reminds me of the... Uh, the the Jesse James touchdown conversation. It's uh, a stupid rule and it needs to change. Right, but I don't I don't even see it that way. I think that he still was in violation of that with the hit on Dumoulin, so Mike and I differ there. But there is no way 
You can look at what happened last night. Wilson left his feet to the extent that he jettisoned himself onto his own bench, went right for the head, uh, broke Zach Aston Reese's jaw. Un- Four refs get together, have a little confab, and come out of that going, okay, let's get back to hockey. No penalty. This looks like a textbook case of what would get you suspended. It is. Especially doing it two games in a row like he did. Sydney, I mean, it's yeah. the same guy. It's repeat behavior. Third time in nine games. Sidney Crosby, after the game, said, what is there to say anymore? The NHL should, without a doubt, act swiftly. And with George Peros running... The uh, uh, player safety program there, you know, a former goon protects the goons. It should be a superstar league, and for some reason, they are all about coddling this aspect of the game and the and the people who perpetrate it. And uh, you know, I don't know that it's to the league's detriment necessarily, uh, because people keep coming back. It never changes, but boy, it is frustrating to watch because. You can keep the physicality in the game and then not reward people like Tom Wilson, who was enabled to stay in the game after breaking somebody's jaw on an illegal hit and then slew foot a guy to enable his team to get the uh, winning goal. Hockey is an inherently physical game. You can't legislate that out of the sport. What you can do is get guys like that who are intentionally trying to injure people out of the league. And he's a good enough player where it, it's kind of like Matt Cook where he has enough skill, he could change his game and still be an impact player. Oh, yeah. He's on the he's on the top line. I uh, hate yeah. his guts. 14 goal and it's season. A, it's approaching six points in the postseason. Perfect Suggs levels of, Without of a sports doubt. hate. Like a, a, a dog that you cannot retrain. This guy is dangerous. Straight up. I mean, and, I hate him, but do you blame him anymore? If he's not going to get, get away with it, why wouldn't yeah. he do it? If he's not going to be penalized even, no no penalty in the game for that. That all being said, the Penguins should have won that game. It is their own fault they lost. It is not because of Tom Wilson. Yeah, you can't be up 2-1 and 3-2 at home and, and give away the game. Can't give up that many odd man rushes, particularly oh. in the end of the game. Two in the last five minutes? Or? Yeah, Mike pointed out, I guess, Doc mentioned it on the game, how, how often they've done that this series. 17-odd man rushes in the last three games. They had three shots in the third period. It's not good enough. That's awful. All right, Michael, have details on that. We'll be talking with Jason. I had three shots in the third period. <laughs> Jason Mackey, <laughs> Phil Bork, Billy Gardell, Mark Madden, all still to come. Val has your news right now. What's up, Valerie? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Central 11. It's 57 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. President Trump's former doctor says uh, he never wrote that letter bragging about Trump's great uh. health <laughs> during the presidential campaign. The letter released in December of 2015 called Trump's physical strength and stamina extraordinary mm-hmm. and claimed he would be the healthiest individual ever elected to the presidency. Yeah. However, in his uh, denial, he contradicted himself. Dr. Harold Born- Bornstein says Trump dictated the whole letter and he told CNN, quote, I just made it up as I went along. So if he's dictating it, you're not making it up. I don't. Well, the bigger news, uh, aside from that guy, I mean, he doesn't strike me as 
somebody who is all that different from Trump. So uh, the fact that he would have used the same language that Trump uses, which is way outside of any medical vernacular yeah. that would ever be drawn upon, th- that wouldn't have surprised me. His health all- is very great. He, he will be the healthiest and most fit man ever elected to president, blah, blah, blah. That's, it wouldn't have surprised me if it were his own words, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's Trump's uh, dictation. It sounded like Trump's dictation But his bodyguards <laughs> breaking in and stealing his medical records out of his office. I mean, this Which is- Sarah Sanders claims is normal. Yeah, that's protocol. That it's when uh, a new president is elected that they get all the medical they records. They break and enter. <laughs> That I'm wondering what else they got. Did they get his didgeridoo and his uh, VHS copy of Easy Rider? Well, so I now the only this. two people responsible for letting us know the health of the orange guy <laughs> is the is the guy that looks like Sean McDowell, who's yes. clearly Dr. Feelgood, <laughs> and the uh, drunk Dr. Ronnie, who's running around giving everybody happy pills. God, I need These are the doctors. two trusted medical opinions that we're using to base our analysis of the president's health. I was reading up on that doctor. He used to write poetry, and his poetry name, like he had a pseudonym, and it was, oh, what was it, like Captain Harold or? Which one, the Sean Count- McDowell guy or Dr. Ronnie? Sean McDowell guy. Count Harold. Oh, my God. Was his name, and he used to pass out his poetry. I'm like, this dude <laughs> is stoned to the bone. They probably, like, wrapped up all the files in a tapestry. <laughs> took you, his bean bags how do you get all of these people to go along with this ruse dr ronnie so will we ever get an accurate medical assessment of what the president's health is or is, or is it buried yeah, with his tax know. returns no we've got to bring in dr dre uh, i'm I fine mean. with that <laughs> kanye uh, west is going to give the next health assessment of it gets him. it gets a physical every year right yeah the president does. Yeah, I'm sure they'll they'll find some doctor. <laughs> and uh, I know you guys talked yesterday about Stormy Daniels suing the president for def- uh, defamation. Just a reminder, in case you forgot, she is in town. She is in town. Whoa! Uh, two shows today and two shows tomorrow at Blush. Making America horny again, right? Albert Bortz, the owner of Blush, was quoted in the Post Gazette as saying her early shows will be between ten and eleven, and the late show would be at twelve thirty ish. That's got to be sold out by now, It right? is not. What? There are still tickets available. That's Did crazy. we try to get her on the show? We should have tried to get her on the show. Some might be tells me she's not an early riser. <laughs> I don't imagine if she's got a 1230 show. Joe, try to get the uh, lady that slept with the president. She could come in at night. That opens it up to a variety of guests. Well, listen. I mean, Stormy, don't limit her to just the president. I mean, she's made over 500 films. I wonder how many other famous people she's been with. Probably a lot, right? Probably. You have to think. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, for sure. So think about that. What you know, as much as we're not allowed to know about the president's health, he raw dogged the same chicks Charlie Sheen did. Oh, and it should be noted, Charlie Sheen has AIDS. <laughs> I, I mean, get, AIDS is never funny. Uh, uh, <laughs> but the way you but, said it, right. seemed to be. you know, I mean, that's something he, that people don't talk about a just lot. Just something to think about. He uh, he claimed he cured it, didn't he? By Ch- himself, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. He got a tiger blood infusion. Something like that. He was doing like PRP or something. I don't know. Man, that that meltdown was fun to watch. The Charlie Sheen one? Yeah. 
I feel like we're there's 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 some this Kanye West meltdown. I could care less about Kanye West, but he's being thrown in my face nonstop. Mm-hmm. But he's clearly in the midst of some weird breakdown. I watched Which him has yesterday been going on for a while. Yeah. argue with the whole TMZ office, and he, and he got owned. He did. Like he just got schooled. He's just walking around getting served by surgeons, you know, by TMZ staffers. TMZ staffers. Good Lord, he's probably getting owned in a conversation at Chipotle. He's like, nah, fam, I'm a free thinker. They're like, actually, Kanye. (laughs) A fire inside an old Connellsville building continues to burn more than a day after it started. Fire crews from a half dozen departments responded to the former Overholt Distillery Monday night, but they've been unable to completely douse the flames. Fire officials think the wood in the heavy timber building is soaked with whiskey. From over 100 years, uh, making it difficult to extinguish. Uh, No reports of any injuries there. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, The theft of a whole lot of flea treatment products being investigated in eastern Pennsylvania. And, well, this stuff is not cheap. So uh, Carlisle police (laughs) say a man walked in and out of a Walmart a few weeks ago with Frontline. Yeah, Frontline's expensive. Yeah, he didn't stop there, though. He returned for more later and ended up with more than $2,200 worth of the stuff. Picture's been circulated of the suspect, but there are no reports of him taking anything other than the flea products. Why is that so expensive? Can you get high from something in the flea stuff? Um, yeah, that's probably not <laughs> one you want to try to get high off of. No, probably. I mean, I'm, but I'm just saying some component of it is probably broken down to make meth. Why is it so Yeah, maybe. So pricey? Somebody probably discovered some way to... Just be like, dude, by accident I took some of my dog's flea medication... I cleaned the entire garage. It was amazing. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, there's some sort of tick meth. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Good point. Uh, the New York Giants selected running back Saquon Barkley number two overall in the NFL draft last week, which means he's going to make about $31 million over the next five years, including a $21 million signing bonus. He said he was going to buy his parents a house and spend a few bucks fixing his dad's Jets tattoo. Barkley and his dad have been Jets fans for years, but now that he's on the Giants, then uh, they're going to have to do a little ink work to uh, cover that up. He should just do, you know that meme, if you didn't love me at my, then you can't, right. then you don't deserve me at my, just put that above it and then put a, a Giants emblem next to it. It's fixed. I can't believe the Browns didn't take him. How did they not take him? They How have, did they take? They, they have a quarterback. They have Tyrod Taylor. They could get Baker Mayfield. What? Dude, you know they had uh, uh, Darnold slotted number one. Oh, of course. And and the owner like, changed did. his mind again. <laughs> like, because some homeless guy told him on the way there, Hey, Baker Mayfield, shaking Baker. That's a good one. All right. Go with him. That worked out last time for us. Disaster for the Browns. So we've all probably said, probably all of us have said, Oh, it's cold as hell or it's hot as balls. Well, a web developer in D.C. decided to figure out what actual temperature would make people bust out those sayings. He wrote a code that pulled about 5,400 tweets from the past six months that used one of those phrases and the temperature in the location at that time, which some of these are ridiculous. Uh, hot as hell, hot as F, or hot as S word, mm-hmm. 86 degrees, which is not that. It depends. I it's mean, all about the humidity. Yeah. Yeah. Hot as balls, people whip that out when it's 84 degrees. <laughs> What's the humidity? Because really, when we're talking, we're Resolves. talking beanbags. Yeah. Let's talk about 
The humidity. Hot as heck. 78 degrees. Now and this, 14 years old. This one shocked me. Cold as hell. What do you think? How cold do you think it is when people say it's cold as hell? 40 single degrees. Digits. You said single digits? Yeah. 40. 48. What? I mean, where did they, where did they get this? Is this Who like are these California? Snowflakes? That's a wonderful spring day in Pittsburgh. Right. <laughs> no. Cold as F is 41 degrees. Colder than a witch's, hmm, you know what, is 25 degrees. Why is wow. a witch's, huh, so cold? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody's ever come up with a real good reason for that one. My dad used to say, it's colder than a mother-in-law's kiss. Oh, oh that might have just been subjective. That might have been a real <laughs> just thing between your dad and your grandma. I don't know. <laughs> I have bad circulation, sweetheart. <laughs> it's colder than your Aunt Helen's <laughs> embrace. What? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you paused because you were going yeah. somewhere. Else. I tried to pivot there. Yeah. The original title was It is hot as balls. And they're like, you know what, dude? You can't Lou. We've got to try it. to remix that. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. Um I Jerry Lewis that one. <laughs> Lady! <laughs> Guitar maker Gibson has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The company has been struggling for years with increased debt as a result of financing the purchase of home entertainment and audio equipment makers. Gibson will continue to operate during the bankruptcy proceedings. The company's focus will be centered on reorganizing around its core business of making guitars. The clock on Guns N' Roses GNR FM website is counting down to midnight Thursday when an announcement is expected to be coming having to do with the Celebration of the 30th anniversary of the band's debut album, Appetite for Destruction. In the meantime, there is some new stuff on the site. A world map with numerous dots that suggest a tour. But when you look closer at it, you can zoom in. Uh, if you look at Japan, there seem to be way too many to correspond to a run of live dates. Same thing with Los Angeles. Um, so not sure what that is. We'll find out, I guess. An Appetite for Destruction era song that's not on the album but was a B-side. Rolling Stone describes Shadow of Your Love as a hypercharged holdover from Axl Rose and Izzy Stradlin's days with hard rocker's Hollywood Rose. It also cites an interview with original GNR drummer Steven Adler in which he says it was the first song the full band ever played. He recalled the night, uh, he said, right in the middle, Axl showed up and grabbed the microphone and was running up and down the wall screaming, we knew right then what we had. And then, Stephen Aller sounds like the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> and when you start listening to Shadow of Your Love, the words appear on the screen that say, you are now listening. Please visit this website from your mobile device to participate further. When you log on from your mobile device, the words, you're now listening. Extend the broadcast by creating your signal and sharing with friends. Uh, you can also click a box to extend your signal and put pictures of a band member on your Facebook and Twitter page. Finally, Harvey Weinstein is being sued by a movie producer who says he raped her multiple times over the course of five years. Alexandra Canosa, who worked on the Netflix series Marco Polo, claims Weinstein threatened to interfere with her ability to find work in the entertainment business if she did not give in to his sexual demands. She alleges he raped, sexually assaulted, or verbally abused her on several occasions starting in 2010. Her suit comes four months after her complaint against the Weinstein Company for allegedly covering up his behavior. Her suit joins multiple others from actresses accusing Weinstein of rape or sexual harassment. Breezy and hot, 80 for the high today. 
Uh, it's 59 a DVE. Tom Wilson, and his antics aside, the Penguins had every opportunity to win that game last night, and the reason they didn't was because of their own shortcomings. That being said, Tom Wilson is a pig, and he should be suspended, and the NHL should be ashamed of themselves for allowing it to get to this point without acting sooner. The third hit to the head, shot to the head, administered by Wilson in these playoffs last night, resulted in a broken jaw for Zach Aston Reese and a concussion. He launched himself from his skates through his jaw and onto his own bench where he sat laughing as Reese was bleeding on the ice with a broken jaw. Sportsmanship. But you know what? The real shame of it all is that we're talking about this goon instead of all of the superstar stuff that's going on on the ice. Yet Ovi doing some amazing things and Sid the Kid and Gensel who unfortunately seem to be the only uh, guys, along with Hornquist, making anything happen. Top-line scoring has been uh, fantastic. Not a lot of secondary scoring. But last night, Jake Gensel, again, continuing to just light it up. 19 points in this postseason. And uh, he uh, joins uh, the ranks of Mario and Messier and Gretzky. 19, 20, and 21 points in the first 19 playoff games. Here's uh, the goal last night in which Gensel was just phenomenal. Setting up Sid the Kid. Crosby darts in. Goes left side. Gensel looking to drag it. Gets around the back. Goes to Crosby. He shoots and scores. Sidney Crosby puts Pittsburgh in the lead again. It's 3-2 Pins. Oh, slap me, silly Sidney. What a passing play and finish by that duo. A bad goal let in by Murray. Let's the, the Capitals tie it up at three. A turnover by Mata, who's then slew-footed by the aforementioned garbage human Tom Wilson. Allows for the two-on-one odd man rush. Once again, the Penguins let up another one, and uh, they lose the game with a minute left. Mike with the full report of what went down, including some uh, verbal jarring between the two coaches after the game last night. You won't want to miss this. That's next. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta makes sense of what went on last night. The Penguins drop game three to the Capitals, 4-3. Sports is brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. It was 3-3 late in the third period of game three last night against the Capitals. 2-0-5 remaining in regulation. Patrick Hornquist dumped the puck deep into the Capitals end, and then the Penguins went to work. Olimata fired wide. The Penguins got the puck back. Mata took a shot that was blocked by Nicholas Backstrom. The Penguins got the puck back. Crystal Tang took a shot that hit Jake Gensel trying to be the net front presence guy. The Penguins got the puck back. They were on the retrievals. They were on the 50-50 pucks. They were cycling. They were moving it. They were shooting it. And then this happened. The defense trying to put on the slot. Intercepted by Backstrom. He's on with Ovechkin. Backstrom into the Penguins' own. Be careful. Comes in to Ovechkin in front. He scores. Ovechkin scores, and the Capitals have the lead with a minute and seven seconds left here in period number three. Now that was your game winner. It ended four to three. Capitals only Mata just hemorrhaging a turnover, just shoving the puck into the middle of the ice. It wasn't one of those, you know, take a shot for the purpose of getting it toward the goal type of deals. It was just a soft play that uh, Backstrom intercepted, and then he and Alex Ovechkin were off and running. The latest uh, odd man rush (laughs) surrendered by the Penguins. Doc Emmerich's count via NBCSN was uh, 17 
for the series. That was the third one of the third period. It was the second one in the last five minutes of the third period. And for the Penguins, that was the lethal one in game three. Uh, It's been a problem all series. Matt Murray talked about odd man breaks and said uh, from his spot in the crease, he's just got to play them as they come. Yeah, I don't have any control over that, so I have to be comfortable with it. Um, just take the game as it comes and, um, you know, try to be aggressive when you can and, and read the play and, and compete, and that's all you can do. Now, Crystal Tang knows the Penguins are uh, giving up too many odd man breaks and have been throughout the series, but he didn't think they were necessarily decisive last night. Yeah, obviously with the 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 talent that they have on the other side, uh, you can't give them too many odd man rush because they're going to make you pay. So uh, I think we have to clean that up. Um, but um, at the end of the day, uh, I think it was a tight game. Could have gone either way. Yeah, it could have gone either way. Uh, Patrick Hornquist also didn't think uh, the turnovers were, or the odd man breaks, excuse me, were as big a deal in Game Three as they were in Games One and Two. Not not today, but um, the, the first two games for sure. But I think today we, we were actually way better. And too bad they score one one minute left. And uh, obviously that can't happen. But that's hockey and that's life. And we got to move by it and uh, focus on the next one. Yeah, I, I credit the Penguins for reacting the way they did to the Wilson assault on Zach Aston Reese. They didn't blow a gasket. They didn't lose their minds. They kept playing. They, they responded the way I think they have to respond if they're going to have success against teams that do this kind of thing to them. But uh, I'm going to disagree with Latang and Hornquist. I think the odd man breaks were still a major problem last night. And they didn't get burned on all of them. But uh, they are wasting long stretches of good, solid play mm-hmm. by putting it on a tee for the Caps and making themselves too easy to score against. They're, they're not giving up a lot of scoring chances but they're giving up too many high-quality scoring chances. Here's Mike Sullivan. You know, we give up three chances in the period. Two of them end up in the net, which is unfortunate from our standpoint, but it was uh, it, it was a really good period from our – we felt. So, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of good things out there too. It's not – It's not. Uh, I think the game was – it was a really close game, and, and the score is an indication of that. So we just got to keep fighting. We'll, we'll try to find some combinations to get that, that we can put together that we think will give us a chance to get some production throughout our lineup. But obviously that's going to be important for us moving forward. You know, he was talking about the second period when they only gave up three chances. Didn't go up many in the third either. But uh, too many are fine in the back of the net. How close was it? Shots. Caps 22, Pens 22. Attempts. Caps 48, Pens 48. Power plays. Washington one for four, Pittsburgh one for four. It was a toss-up game, and uh, the Penguins should be encouraged by that, both how they played for the majority of it and how they responded when it got ugly in the second period. I actually thought as that period was progressing and things were starting to boil over, uh, Ovechkin was the guy who took the dumb penalty, cross-checking Crosby mm-hmm. four times, and finally getting the call. That's what you you want their stars yeah. losing their mind and yep. going to the box. Uh, I thought it was kind of trending uh, in the Pens' direction at that point, but uh, Matt Murray picked a bad time to give up a bad Ugh. goal. After they scored the third goal, the Penguins, I thought they could put another one in pretty quick. Hopey lets them in in waves. And that's when Malkin hit the post. Yep. Prior to the uh, early third, prior mm-hmm. to the missed Clang, clang, clang. You know, you get a 3-2 lead at home in a back-and-forth game like that, you got to close it out. Yeah. No matter what. 
the, the Tom Curry. Wilson stuff put it on a shelf. The Penguins should have won that game. I feel like they're two separate issues. Everyone's going to be talking about Wilson today, but there's no excuse for losing that game last night. Tom Wilson, slew foot included. Should have never got to that point. Did you get a good look at the slew foot? It looked like he tripped him. I didn't see. I mean, I looked, I didn't see I looked at uh, the replay that they showed last night. Yeah. It looked like he got him. You didn't think he did? I, I did. He was kind of in the bottom of the screen. I didn't. I, I, he hit him. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. It, Took his feet out. It's a. Uh, you're not going to get a call in that situation. I know you're not. It's, it wasn't a late hit. Mata was playing the puck. He finished his check. And even if he hadn't taken him down, you think Mata's going to catch those two guys going the other way? No. No. And I think that they've been giving up those chances, Mike, all mm-hmm. playoffs. Forget this series. I mean, the only difference is Philly just couldn't couldn't close it out. Yeah. They couldn't finish. Hey, if Penguins get any secondary scoring, they win that game. Kessel's got to be hurt or something. I'm not sure what's going on. We traded for uh, big game uh, Brassy, and uh, he's been big game assy. I don't even know why I said that. I'm really big sorry. Big game assy? I haven't slept. I don't, you know. You know, that it's a, it's a valid <laughs> concern. They didn't get secondary scoring last night. And they had enough goals to win. You know, the big line's playing pretty damn well. The power play came through last night when they needed it. First time all series. Dumlin was great. Ruedel was, was great. Really good. And part of the problem with the secondary stuff last night was they lost Zach Aston Reese in the middle of the game, about the 10-minute mark of the second period. And uh, Dominic Simone only played uh, five minutes and 58 seconds. With Malkin coming back was great, but they didn't really have a spot because they had kind of been going without yeah. him. And they tried him initially with uh, Simone and Rust, and I thought those guys looked awful together in the first period. Malkin was playing hard and moving and shooting. He also took another dumb penalty in the neutral zone. But there, there Welcome was, back, Gino. There was no cohesion with that line, so he couldn't keep that going. So uh, they, they decided not to play him, Simone. They couldn't play Aston Reese because he was – Dealing with a fractured jaw and a concussion. So now you're down to 10 forwards. You've got the one line, and you're just sort of making it up as you go along with the rest of it. Um, All right, let me take a break, and I want to come back. And Barry Trotz, who has already said, they're not bringing me back next year. He told Tortorella that after the game in Columbus, after that series finished. He doesn't give a, a rat's ass about anything, and the only way he keeps his job is if he wins the Stanley Cup, I would imagine. But or he, at least he's got to beat the Penguins. He kind of disrespected uh, the coach last night, Coach Sullivan. We'll get to that when we come back. Listen to what Barry Trotz had to say post game. DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Mike Persuda in studio right now, and the Penguins should have won that game despite Tom Wilson's antics. But let's talk about Tom Wilson's antics. The third headshot in nine games. For number forty three, and uh, last night the most egregious of them all. And still, no penalty called by the referees. If that wasn't a clear shot to the head, Mike, I don't know what is. And I wonder if these guys are uh, succumbing to the same paralysis that NFL officials seem to, where they don't want to call anything controversial, and they say, oh, we'll let the the league sort it out. They can review it and and do what needs to be done, but... Uh, for my money, that one was uh, exactly what they don't want in the game. And uh, yeah. the four guys had a meeting and uh, decided that there would be no penalty, as there had been none initially, and on they went. 
A lot of Penguins asked about uh, Tom Wilson afterward, uh, particularly the hit on Zach Aston Reese. Here was Sidney Crosby's response. I didn't see it. I mean, uh, yeah, I I don't really have anything to say. I mean, what's there to say anymore? What's there to say anymore? Yeah. Now, obviously, he saw it. They got those iPads on the bench. Yeah. Everybody saw it. Uh, Patrick Hornquist and Crystal Tang were among the Penguins who also said they didn't see it. Uh, they're, they've been told not to freak out over this kind of stuff and to keep their eye on the ball. And uh, that's that's admirable. The way they responded, I thought, was great. Uh, God, if, if Malkin can bury that one. Um, so that's a positive. Uh, Mike Sullivan was pretty composed given the circumstances after the game, I thought. Uh, he did go a little farther than he normally does in in talking about what had taken place. We just have to stay focused, you know. We we lose a guy to a, a broken jaw that's going to require surgery and a concussion because of another high hit to the head. So, um, you know, at, at, at some point, we would hope that uh, we would hope that you know the league might do something and. Uh, but as far as we're concerned, all we can, can all we can do is control what's within our power, and that's our focus on the game. So that's what that's where our focus will be. He reeled himself back in on that one. Yeah, it was it was a departure from from the norm for Sullivan after the Dumoulin incident mm-hmm. in Game Two. He was asked if he had an opinion of the hit, and he said yes. And the follow up question was, "Would you share it?" And the answer was no. So he he shared it uh, there when he also shared his opinion on the Wilson hit, you would hope that the league would maybe do something. That's about as far as he's going to go, I think. Uh, Barry Trotz eventually uh, asked about what Sullivan had to say. I really don't care what Sully said. Trotz was sticking with uh, shoulder to shoulder, and he Tom Wilson hits hard. Um, do you not think that was a uh, a slight toward Coach Sullivan? I don't care what he said. Well, the, the, the context of it was he, he was asked about it. He, he said shoulder to shoulder, went through his whole thing. And then a follow-up question was about what Mike Sullivan had said. And Trot started his response with, look, I've already talked about it. I don't want to keep going over this. Uh, he said, I don't care what Sullivan said. And then he also added he's not on the Penguins medical staff, so he can't comment on any uh, alleged injuries to uh, – he didn't use the word alleged. but yeah. Phil Bork's going to be in next hour, 845, and I'm guessing he's going to be livid. He's pretty fired up. Uh, I got out of the rink last night about uh, 1130-ish, mm-hmm. and the postgame show was still going on, and he was pretty fired up then. We got uh, uh, Billy Gardell and Mark Madden also uh, going to be joining us. Uh, I was uh, pleased to see Brian Dumoulin on the ice at all last night, much less having the game that he did. He was- yeah, really played well. Boy, he almost had a spectacular oh. goal, too. They they had a couple, maybe three or four really near misses, mm-hmm. including the one that ended up in the crease behind Olpe that Niskanen fished out. Uh, Caps had some, some near misses, too. Uh, particularly in that first period, there were two or three plays that wound up being very similar to the goal that uh, Connor Stevenson scored in the second. The Penguins lost guys in the slot a couple of times, and Washington couldn't connect on the passes. In the second period, they finally connected on one, and uh, Stevenson buried it. But 
you know, that one, that that's a tough one for Murray. Turnover in the corner. It comes right to the guy one-timer in the slot. Uh, the first goal deflected off of Brian Russ's stick. He was trying to block it. He tipped it past his own goalie. And, uh, you know, the two-on-one was just a spectacular play by two really good players, uh, Backstrom and Ovechkin. The the Niskanen one is the – Yeah, it was a killer. If, if Matt Murray – would ever allow such things to gnaw at him, that would be one that would gnaw, but he'll get past it because mm-hmm. he he has the ability to put it behind him, much like the puck in that instance. <laughs> Remember Dumo and, almost had the... And worry about the next one. Dumo almost had the uh, the Bobby Orr. Almost. It's the same thing I thought. Caught Holpe in the face with his skate, too. Oh, that was so frustrating. Penguins should have won that game despite all of the, yeah. the BS. They really... They beat themselves. Well, the, yeah, but I know, know there's a lot of good there. But I'm periodic just saying, you can't breakdowns. Let that many... Yeah, you, you, they got to clean that up. But it wasn't like they were only bad for three moments in the game that they capitalized on. You know, they let yeah. allowed a lot of odd man rushes. But I, I think they were still pretty good more often than not in that game. Now they weren't good enough to win. They were pretty good in game two, but they were so bad in the first period. The Hill was, and, and the early part of the second, a breakaway goal to make it three nothing. On a bad change in a in a turnover, that OV goal to win the game, I had not seen the other angle until this morning because I just turned it off. I couldn't deal with it anymore oh, of last course. night. And oh, then you when just you sat see it from the other angle, writhing. Oh yeah, I was so pissed. When you see it from the other angle, it's. I mean, it was half an inch away from just bouncing out the other way. It was just. <clears throat> Things happen so fast, and Ovi he passed this, that he passed that to himself off the post. pulled pulled the Sidney Crosby. Well, it was off Murray off the post, and then he just hadn't quite cleared the front of the net and was able to knock it in. It was brilliant. It was great play by Ovi. If we can just get Ovi to stop scoring in the first minute and the last minute of games, I think we'll be in good shape. We uh, we're going to take a break, but before we do, now the fouls yeah. back in studio with us. I want to take a moment to uh, remember our friend Digby who passed away yesterday unexpectedly. Digby was a, a big part of the, the radio family here at iHeart. and uh, yeah, but know, over 20 years. He was one of the first people I met here because he was running the mornings for Howard Stern back then. Mm-hmm. And he was board hopping. So I would come in at the same time as Dig. And uh, he was just about the coolest dude. you know. And, and I remember thinking at the time, I'm so happy I'm working in a place where I get to like hang out with these kind of people and yeah. these kind of characters. He was kind of emblematic of the... The, he was a dude. He was a, a dude. Character. He was a hey, bro, what's going on, man? And he like it was impossible to not smile when you saw Digby because he was such a he was such a uh, a light and hilarious character for so so much of his time working here, oh, and yeah. he was a work horse. I'll say. I mean, Digby busted his ass like nobody around this place. Mm-hmm. Year after year after year, he could be counted on, and if you ask anybody. That worked with Dig, uh, he was completely helpful. He'd take on a little extra to help out another person. Mm-hmm. He was just a great guy. Val, you know, you knew him uh, as well as I, and, and probably even a little bit better, and, and worked more directly with him at times. And yeah, it's just so shocked to hear that news yesterday. Yeah, that was that was crazy news. Uh, a great dude, and it really did shock everyone around here. It really uh, it really shook everyone to their core because. Uh, he was way too young. Yeah, and, way too young. And like to say he's a character, like doesn't do it justice. Like he mm-hmm. was a he was a 
a real life force and a hilarious guy and just fun. Like I always like, seems just happy. Happy. And, hey. Like I don't want to like reduce his character to this, but the one moment I always re- will remember about Digby is when I was like in my quote unquote intern status, you know, yeah. when I was like nobody stu- knew. Yeah, and I was studying sort of under Scott, and Scott was teaching me how to you know run the board and what I was going to be doing to run the show, and we would always see Digby first thing in the morning because mm-hmm. again he was, he was running Stern show. Yeah, and um, and I was just being quiet, observing everything, and this one morning, like because Scott loved him, and he was walking through the hall. And uh, Scott's like, hey, Digby, what's going on? And Dig was like, because he was always in a hurry, too. Like, he was always like. He walked so fast yeah, all the time. always yeah. moving fast. And he was like, Scott's like, hey, Digby, what's up? Uh, and uh, Digby goes, smoke weed, dude. And he kept walking. <laughs> and, and Scott laughed so hard. Like, uh, it was like this, this weird little moment. And I, I remember it just like vividly. Like pulsing, like doubling over laughing at just how funny Digby was just walking through. He's got all this work to do and it just didn't matter. You know, hey, Dig, what's going on, man? Smoke me, dude. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe how he was omnipresent in the building, just going oh, yeah. out for remotes, helping the oh, Kiss yeah. guys with stuff of bus. Oh, yeah. I mean, every every game. Good, good guy. Condolences to his family. Yeah. No doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, I worked with him a lot on football and hockey broadcasts. And he was always a huge Pens fan. Oh, he, yeah. Even huge. In the, even in the crappy days. Yeah, I was hoping they could have got that one for Dig last night. And well, he, look, uh, he, he got a ring. Yeah, he's been with them for a couple of years as a, I think he was the producer of the uh, yeah. Pens Radio mm-hmm. Network. Yeah, he was able to sort of. And uh, he got a ring last yeah. year, and I know he was really proud of that. Hell yeah, he should have been. All right, wore it everywhere. He he was a super cool guy, and he, he will be missed. And as Val said, condolences to, to his uh, nearest and dearest friends and family, and uh, we're gonna miss Digby. He was he was a great guy. All right, next hour, Jason Mackey, Phil Bork. We got Billy Gardell, Mark Madden, all coming. Love it. Fifty eight. Gonna, gonna be hot as balls today. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Fifty eight degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Channel Eleven News on Fox fifty three weeknights at ten. United Airlines is issuing a new pet policy after a dog died in the overhead compartment last March. The pets can fly in the main cabin only if their carrying cases fit under the seat, which isn't very big, right? No. Not at put all. a dog under there. No. I mean, it's got to be a toy dog. United, yeah. United is also not allowing people to take pets to or from Phoenix, Tucson, Las Vegas, or Palm Springs during the hot summer months. Those restrictions will start June 18th. I saw a guy on my uh, flight home last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. Uh, he was sitting in first class in the first seat when we came in to walk on the plane, and he had an enormous dog. I mean, it was big. Was it a service dog? I mean, it had to have been, but it was big. So I was like thinking, where's he going to put it? Yeah. Where's that He's dog He's at the going? bulkhead. So where, where does the dog go? So there's a guy sitting next to him. So then I started thinking, if you're the guy sitting next to the guy with like an Irish wolfhound... In in one A with a pony, you're like I paid for a first class ticket, and I got to sit next to you know Turner and Hooch. (laughs) (laughs) Get me out of here! So I look up halfway through the flight, and the guy had his dog up on his lap. A big, huge, huge dog. Was he seatbelted in? No, but he had him, and he was carrying him like so. Like I could see the dog's head over his left shoulder. So I'm thinking the guy must have been like, hey, man, I can't. Your dog is laying across and I have no foot space. 
So then, you know, the guy must have been accommodating and lifted his dog onto his lap. It was huge. And then your I dog the- just took a dump in my Crocs. Can we uh, fix this? It was a big dog. I mean, I'm all for flying with dogs. I'd much rather see dogs than people on planes. Oh, if you could fly in a plane full of dogs? It'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. I would totally take as that. As long as they all got along. And I saw the comedian uh, uh, Morgan Murphy tweeted out a picture on her plane, and it was a similar thing where this guy had a huge dog on his lap, and I'm wondering, is that a thing now? Yeah, what's the restriction then? I don't know. Honestly, this dog was huge. When he walked the dog through the, the terminal, like right at the gate mm-hmm. beforehand, I was just thinking to myself, like, well, you had to buy a ticket for that dog. There ha- that dog yeah, has to have its own seat. seat. And he didn't. He was sitting next to a guy, and it was one of those smaller planes, you know? So it wasn't like even his first-class seat wasn't even big, you know, comparatively. Right. It wasn't like one of those big, wide, lazy boys they have on the uh, bigger planes. Oh, those are nice. Yeah, it was just a nicer, small seat on a small plane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm all for the dogs, don't get me wrong, but the logistics of it, I just wouldn't want to sit next to the guy with the big dog. What happens if someone has a severe allergy to pets? Another great point. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I guess they would move you around, question. or they just—if you're Asian—they drag you off the plane. <laughs> I think I'm going to start doing that to uh, cut costs on the plane rides with the family. I'm going to use my kids. I'm going to say they're service kids. <laughs> and put a little yellow vest on both. Great the girls, idea. Sit on daddy's lap. Perfect. We're not paying for this. Yeah. It's like when my dad used to put us in the trunk at the drive-thru or make us lay down in the back of the Vista Cruiser when we checked into a motel in Florida. No, there's only four kids in there. Pretend you're under 12 to get a cheaper ticket. Oh, that all the time. Hey, your daughter just took a crap in my Crocs. (laughs) Can we fix this? A new poll is revealing that majorities in 44 of 50 states support same-sex marriage. The poll was conducted by the nonpartisan and nonprofit research organization PRRI. The study finds overall support for same-sex marriage from more than 60% of Americans, while 30% are opposed. The exceptions are Alabama, Mississippi. I was just going to say, can we guess? Tennessee, West Virginia, Louisiana, and North Carolina. Most religious groups also support same-sex marriage. White evangelical Protestants and Mormons uh, Mormons still opposed. A it's new- hilarious that Mormons are opposed to that. <laughs> you can have multiples. It's Just l- make sure it's the opposite sex. <laughs> but those wives are kind of married, right, to each other? I mean, yeah, you're, all, you're all part of that's the same, the same family. same-sex marriage. I mean, you're not procreating, really, but, but yeah, with I mean, the you, women. Do they all live together? I don't know. Or do they, they have, have separate wings. houses? Didn't the guy on Big Love have wings of the house? Yeah, he did. But he had one main like wife. Community. She was room. the face. Oh. That's a lot of wings. I, I, I Your house know. is all wings. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what is it? Just it, like a star of yeah. trailer parks? I was just impressed with that guy. I mean, he had to go every night to the different like handmade I mean, if they were all subservient, maybe that'd be cool. But I'm guessing they weren't. You guess he was a normal husband-wife dynamic? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's getting sassy. <laughs> so he's got to go have a bickering fight every night at a different spot. How come you never take the trash out from my wing? I'm not going to have this argument again. Yeah, but Mormons are against uh, same-sex marriage. Yes. But pro-magic underpants. Pro-magic underpants. A New York woman. Anti-black is, people getting into heaven. 
Oh, uh, are they? I hadn't read that. Oh no, no, they changed that. That just changed in the seventies. But oh, okay, up, up until the seventies, they were they weren't so sure if Al Roker was going to get to hang out with Jesus. You know what? I'm going to cut to uh, music. Well, news I think since... he had a disaster in his magic underpants. <laughs> <laughs> Since we have Jason Mackey coming yeah. up, uh, Bruce Springsteen set to receive a special award at the Tonys for his uh, solo show Springsteen on Broadway. That honor announced along with the nominations for the 72nd annual Tony Awards scheduled to be handed out on June 10th. Springsteen's Broadway show opened at the Walter Kerr Theater in October of 2017 and is the top grossing new production of the 2017-2018 season with total ticket sales at about $55 million dollars. And Steven Tyler and Joe Perry of Aerosmith nominated for Tony Awards for Best Original Score, Music, and or Lyrics written for the theater for their contribution to SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical. Now uh, the Tonys will air on CBS <laughs> oh, live. Wow. They're playing Jazz Fest this weekend. Oh, cool. I'm going down after the show tomorrow to New are, Orleans. Are they doing anything from SpongeBob? I don't know the answer to that, but I'm curious to see how they go over on the big outdoor stage like that. Well, they've played those before. I know they have, but they're they're old now. I'm just wondering to see old. how Aerosmith, you know, rocks out these days. Although I, I mean, mean, he's been doing the country music circuit. Steven Tyler. I have not heard any of his country music, but I don't know if it's like is his voice like more. Does he reel it in I a bit? How? I, yeah, that's I guess the best way to. I don't know the answer to that. I do hope they follow the suit of a lot of older bands and go out and tour behind the anniversary of one of their classic albums. That their would... 50th anniversary is next year. Oh, I hope they play their, their debut album in its entirety. I would be so psyched to see the early Aerosmith tunes. Be... Like, dude looks like a lady and all the Diane Warren pen oh, yeah. songs. I don't need to see those, but man, it would be great to see early era I mean, Aerosmith. dude looks like a lady was really a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen recent pictures of Steven Tyler. Whoa, someone's, what is happening? Someone said he looks like Julia Roberts now. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> he does. His uh, transformation looks better than Bruce Jenner's. Yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's legitimately, uh, he's got some serious feminine qualities. Here's the, a question that I really want the answer to. Is Pursuta going to watch the Tonys this year? Because Springsteen's getting honored? Yeah, and he's probably going to perform something from the Broadway piece, right? Think. Well, I guarantee you he'll be the only person who watches the Tonys with a dip in. <laughs> <laughs> you said dip. Dip. <laughs> dip in. Do we have Jason on the line? We do. All right. Breezy and hot. 80 degrees today. It's uh, 58 at DVE. Jason Mackey uh, on the line right now from the Post-Gazette. And Jason, uh, it'd be tough for me to not lead with the Tom Wilson stuff. Um Lead with your shoulder. It, it, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lead, and then I'll follow through your skull. How can the league justify what he did last night as uh, within the bounds of fair play? I honestly don't know. I really hope that they don't. It wasn't. Um, it was a game that he shouldn't even have been playing in in the first place. Right. Um, and, and you know what? I honestly am afraid that they're going to, too. They're going to overlook it and say, you know, it was a hockey play or he used his shoulder or whatever sort of archaic, barbaric excuse. I just, I don't think this league takes head injuries seriously enough. And I mean, what we saw last night was just completely disgusting. This guy has zero regard for, for other people and for skulls and brains and all that stuff and he shouldn't be playing and i really hope that they would set an example especially given the fact that he's on the bench laughing yeah. it was just just absolutely disgusting in my opinion I, I can't even 
it's hard for me to come up with a reason as to why they're not going to do anything, but there's just such a precedent of them letting stuff like this slide. And Latang said as much after the game that he respects his style of play. He respects the physicality that he employs on the ice, but it's the disrespect of the other player in the midst of playing like that that really crosses the line or breaks the code for these guys. Does, does hockey yes. have an unsportsmanlike conduct? They do. They do, and that should have been it, honestly. I mean, if that isn't it, I don't. That, that's the definition of unsportsmanlike It wasn't even conduct. a penalty. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and uh, forget about, like, the, the whole, you know, they don't seem to know what targeting the head is. A dude's laying there on the ice, like, knocked out, and you have some Neanderthal giggling. Like, come on. I mean, you should have been thrown out of the game right there. I don't even care if that was a legal hit. You're laughing at somebody that, like, may or may not be conscious. Mm-hmm. You don't know that at that point. That is so sick in the head. I, I, I don't that and, and that's what didn't sit well with a lot of players too. It you know, and I don't think the none of the penguins are, you know, irritated that Tom Wilson hits people. I mean they nobody's complaining about getting hit. They're complaining about this guy blatantly targeting other people's heads and then when you're laughing about it, that's not mm-hmm. cool either. Right. Uh, all right. Well, we'll move from that to the X's and O's, or uh, given the Canadian sport aspect of it, the X's and A's, I guess. But the uh, stress from the coach, Coach Sullivan, for the past four or five months we've heard from him is defense. Nonstop mantra of playing defense first and the importance of have a, of playing sound defensively. And uh, two guys who have a ton of experience last night were probably as guilty as anybody of not playing sound D, Mata and Latang. What's the reason for all the odd man rushes? Yeah, it's it's a couple different things. Um, last night, Mata, yeah, and it's hard for me to completely fault Mata because if you watch that play on Ovechkin's goal, like Wilson comes in and takes his legs off from under him. I know it was a little bit after the play, but uh, it's just carelessness, I would say, would be one of the reasons. I mean, mm-hmm. taking some unnecessary risks, that wasn't a play that – all he needed to make and did anyway, and it, it resulted the other way. And um, you know, Latang has always been you know, kind of a riverboat gambler and, and does some stuff like that and jumps up into the play and gets caught out of position. That happened last night as well. Um, they were really good early on. They seemed to get Sullivan's message about not taking as many chances, picking your spots better, and that's what's burned them the most is just being a little too aggressive with that stuff, especially Latang. And it's not just the six defensemen, too, guys. I mean, the, the forwards have to do a better job. We saw, I think it was game one, I want to say, in Washington. Caps got a goal, and it was Jake Gensel's fault. I mean, it was an odd man rush, and it looked like the defense screwed up, but that's Jake Gensel's guy. Dumoulin was caught up ice and, and whatever. So it's a team-wide thing. It's recognizing mm-hmm. it. It's, it's being smarter with the puck. and uh, They're just not doing it for an entire game right now, and, and we're in one of those stretches where when they screw up, it just ends up in the back of the net. Jason, uh, get Mike's uh, mic on there. Thank you. Jason, a couple guys I talked to last night, uh, Latang and Hornquist, they, they acknowledged that uh, the odd man stuff shouldn't happen, but they uh, kind of wrote it off as not that big a deal last night. Do you think they were just kind of deflecting after the game and they'll, they'll understand when they go over the video today that this stuff has to stop, or are they kind of whistling past the graveyard? I think they might be whistling past the graveyard at this point, at least with what they're producing offensively and how their goaltender's playing. Um, you know, I think you can sort of shove away the odd man rushes if you're getting three lines that are producing and your goaltender's playing his butt off. Um, that wasn't the case last night. You know, they're just not getting enough offensive production for everybody. And, um, you know, the power play is still a got one, but 
you know, hasn't been the dominant force that's been all season. You know, the goal Murray allowed to Niskanen can't happen. And, um, you know, I, I, the, your, your margin for error is more slim, I guess, is what I'm saying. And, and so, yeah, I know they downplayed it. I, I do think there are probably bigger fish to fry or as big a fish to fry after last night's game. But I certainly, you know, if I was them, and I, I don't think they'll do this today, I wouldn't be ignoring it. Uh, Jason Mackey with us from the Post-Gazette. Do you think Kess, uh, Phil Kessel's hurt? I do. I do. I don't I don't think he's, you know, it, it makes me think of that scene from the program. It's like, are, are you hurt or are you injured? You know, I think that we're, we're at that. Like, he's not healthy. But if he's playing out there, he needs to be, he needs to produce and, and be graded on the same scale as everybody else. And so if he's playing, I, I you need some production. And so I think he's banged up, but... They obviously need a lot more from him. They need to figure out how to get him going. I spent last night going through some numbers about his shot attempts and, and shots and possession and all that crap, but um, it's, it's just not good. I mean, he looks like a completely different player this postseason than he has in the past, too. And he's not shooting the puck enough. Mike Sullivan talked after the game last night about him not moving his feet enough. Bottom line, it's just they, whether it's line mates or confidence or, or just, you know, smacking him on the backside. I don't know what the answer is, but just doing something to get him going. Jason, the Capitals' playoff history is Charlie Brown trying to kick the football uh, against uh, the league in general and the Penguins in particular. This postseason, uh, the Capitals lost two in a row at home in overtime and then won four straight, and now they're up 2-1 on the Pens. Have you seen enough to suspect that this is a different Capitals team, or are they maybe just setting everybody up for one of the grand collapses <laughs> in the history of a franchise that is known far and wide for grand collapses. Yeah, man, that's a <laughs> that's a long list to make. But yeah. Are you buying this? They look pretty I'm good. Not, I'm I'm not buying it, Mike. I'm not. Maybe I'm overly pessimistic. I don't know, but I I can't look at the Capitals and think like everything's cool until they actually win a playoff series and don't screw it up. Right. I just I, I can't. There's such a long history here of them finding ways to lose things. And it's only 2-1. I mean, my goodness, the Penguins have faced this deficit. I believe it was the Eastern Conference Final last year. Like, There's just not the panic in this room that there might be in the Capitals. And that's not you know, trying to sound like a homer. I think it's just realistic. They've seen a lot of stuff. I'm and with so, you, Jason. I'm totally I'm, with you. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be freaking out. I really wouldn't. Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. Hey, man, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, guys. All right, brother. We'll see you. All right, Phil Bork's coming up at 845. I'm guessing that he's still still a little pissed off about what went down there last night. I wouldn't miss this segment. That's 20 minutes away. And then Double M, Mark Madden, who, if his tweets are any indication, is just as indignant about what went down last night on the ice. Although he is the first to say, like we've been trying to point out all morning, they still should have won the game. Also, Tom Wilson is garbage, and the NHL needs to do something about it. Uh, that shot Trotz gave to Sullivan, too. Something tells me Sully's not going to take to that. And news we haven't been able to get to. I'd love to see him pull his blazer over his head. Ben Roethlisberger yeah, commenting hit on the... Can't hit him in the neck. Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> commenting on the uh, Steelers. He doesn't have one. Drafting a quarterback in the third round. He was just as surprised as anybody. If you haven't heard what his... What do you think? Brett Favre and Rodgers here? I think Worse. that's without a doubt. 
I think that's where we're headed, given Ben's comments. If you haven't heard him, Michael will have him for you when we come back. DV. Prince. DVE Sports. Yeah, Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. I mean, with as much Penguins talk as we have, I almost want to start with Ben Roethlisberger's comments about the drafting of we Mason Rudolph. That. We can do, do that. Do you mind doing that? Because no. we're going to be going back to the Penguins quite a bit here. But um, I was wondering with some friends yesterday, gee, I wonder what the big guy thinks about them taking a quarterback and had he in any inclination that they might do this. Did you really wonder? Out loud. I kind of knew. Wonder? I just knew. I mean, I knew what the answer was, but I wondered if I was going to hear it. What you said it. to your friend was, I'd like to hear a confirmation that <laughs> Ben's going to react. How I know he's going to react, and this is how he reacted. Now, you know, we might be blowing this out of context a little bit. Wait, hold on. I want. I just so people know, the way I think Ben is, was going to react was that it was going to make him want to play longer. That he was not going to. He was going to feel this was a slight yeah. by the organization instead of them uh, him reacting to it like the organization taking steps to protect themselves against line of succession and all that. Right. Yeah. That he would see it as them seeing the um, end of the road near for him. A good story by uh, Ed Bouchette in the Post Gazette. Uh, ben Roethlisberger reacting to the drafting of Mason Rudolph on the third round, but Rudolph's a big guy. A lot of people think a lot of him. Highest drafted quarterback since Ben. Some don't, but some do. Ben Roethlisberger had said at the end of last year he wanted to play at least three more seasons. Uh, yesterday he said, quote, I plan on playing for three to five more years. Now here we go. Depending on how the line goes and staying healthy, if I can stay healthy. If he's going to be their guy, that's great, but in my perfect world, it's not going to be for a while. So all the Steelers need to do to elongate Ben Roethlisberger's career is continue drafting quarterbacks. Take one first next year. (laughs) Although the part that, you know, he put the qualifier in there, if I can stay healthy. And I can tell you that that is very much front and center in the Steelers' thinking. And one of the reasons they drafted Rudolph is people think that a serious injury to Ben Roethlisberger can drastically alter what he intends to do the rest of the way. Particularly if it's a, a head injury concussion something like that sure that's ended many a quarterback's career yeah so that's i i wasn't thrilled initially that they took a guy on the third round because he's not going to help them win the super bowl this coming season but the quarterback position is important enough and i'm also not ready to christen rudolph as the next guy i don't know if he's going to make it in the nfl or not but he's got enough potential there's enough of a chance for that to happen that this was worth doing and, and the Landry Jones experiment is coming to a close. Is one the, more year. I mean, he, I think he's going to be the backup this year. I don't think it's going to be Of course. Rudolph. I think it's going to be Landry. And I think yeah. Landry's a good backup. Backups are not Bart Starr. Well, you know, he, well, they are Nick Foles, though. Well, yeah, but <laughs> most of them are not. Let's put it that okay. way. Um, Fair enough. We, I, don't, I mean, I guess I do understand, but Landry Jones has been the uh, – Subject of, of way too much criticism and hate. Like the guy, I agree. Yeah, he's just a backup, and he did pretty well when he was asked to. Especially, you know, the last couple of years. I honestly think part of that is they played him so much in the preseason the last couple of years to get him ready, knowing that he wasn't going to get many, if any, game snaps, and he's played with a lot of different personnel groups and a lot of future supermarket bag boys of America, yeah. and it's looked ragged at times. Well, I think early on, too, he had a tough time with the adjustment, and that colored everybody's perception of his performance. No I mean, question. You know? No question. But, yeah, I, you could stick him in there, and they're okay yeah. for the short term. But uh, So that's where we are with uh, Ben Roethlisberger and 
Mason Rudolph. We've been spoiled with backup quarterbacks, too. I mean, you had Leftwich, you had Charlie Batch, you had guys who came in and were able to win some big games. Yeah. I remember when uh, Scott Campbell played for this team. That's what, you know, you got to draft Rudolph to prevent that from happening. <laughs> but interesting, Ben said three to five. Now it's five. Hey, I mean, we were wondering about well, the one guy, the two guy years ago. We were, we were wondering whether he was coming back for a year. The guy that he's in uh, Mortal Kombat with, uh, career resume wise, is playing into his 40s. He's got to get a BR7 uh, workout regimen going. I like that. BR7. If he can't this stay, sounds like a place where you can eat wings. If he can't stay healthy <laughs> and if, if the line is still good and they still have weapons. Why not, right? He's putting up numbers. He's playing really well. Not perfect, but really well. Could still cut down on the turnovers. Did you hear Tom crying about how they treat him in uh, New England yesterday? I try not to pay attention to uh, soap operas and other towns. We have have enough of them here. He's a drama queen. He's pretty good at football, though. He is. That son of a... All right, well, Tom Wilson... Awaiting to find out whether the NHL is going to act on the hit last night. God, I hit a lot of people Zach named Aston Tom. Reason. Zach, Zach Aston Reason. Reese's Pieces. Well, I, I, none of us got any sleep. That game didn't end at midnight, but I feel like <laughs> oh, for some reason feel, it kept us I all up all night. Oh, yeah. Today. That was a great hockey game, though. And I just, you know, a couple of uh, observations since we're uh, about out of time here. I, the, the odd man... Break thing is a significant problem. Uh, 17 in three games, and I have no reason to doubt NBC stat on that. Uh, three in the third period. I, I noticed two in the last five minutes. That is, they're not going to win if that keeps up. Um, these capitals are better than everybody else's capitals. But they're not invincible. They're not unbeatable. And the Penguins uh, are still capable of better. I really liked their response to the Wilson incident, uh, they, they kept it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That is critical for this team. It, it has been since Sullivan got here. They can go a long way if they keep their eye on the ball. Uh, the power play, I thought, you know, got a goal, and it really looked good a couple of other times. Uh, that's coming around. And, uh, you know, Matt Murray, I thought, one bad goal. Um, Nisky. I'm not uh, not ready to throw him over the cliff yet. So, you know. No, the Pens are still in this series. Buck up and let's drop it for game four. Let's Congratulations go. to Jill Balmer. Uh, yesterday she won the <laughs> tickets for yeah. all of the home games in this series. I will say this, too. If the league does not suspend Tom Wilson, I expect that he will be. If he is not, then then you better react to this by noticing when he's on the ice. Yeah. Keep and in both of these incidents, Dumoulin skated himself into a double team and, and Aston Reese held on to the puck too long last night, you know. If he's out there and he's going to be on these search and destroy missions or these perceived search and destroy missions, don't, she will be. don't get destroyed. Once again, congrats to Jill Balmer. She won for submitting a video in which she impersonated Mark Madden and she even put on a beard and a Madden wig. <laughs> well, well, well. So it's the pens and caps in the playoffs again. Well, if Ovechkin thinks this year is going to be any different, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. (laughs) If I'd have died for every Stanley Cup of Redskins one, I would have zero dimes. (laughs) Brent Holby, D-Lee, D-Lee, D-Lee. Let's take a call. Jill Balmer's the biggest Pens fan ever. Who's Jill Balmer? I'm Jill Balmer. Woo! 
Yeah, and was... I might not be a super genius, but I Gave am a, a super Rick Flair fan. Woo. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I love, go, the I love the woo. Three lead. Three lead. Three lead. Whoa. Oh, I can't wait to play that for Madden. He'll what's, be on the show. What's the hoping line? Delete. 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 It's a wrestler. It's another wrestler Maddenism. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got to keep up on the wrestling. Yeah, we'll get you a glossary. Hey, what did Mike Sullivan say last night? I really don't care what Sully said. <laughs> Shots oh, fired, really? baby. Going forward. <laughs> Shots are you fired. No neck. No love lost in this one. No neck, Nick. He is a no neck, Nick. <laughs> Where your neck at, Nick? Nick ain't got no neck. Phil Bork. When we return on DV. <laughs> All right. It's time for hockey talk. This is going to rock. There's no one finer than the old two niner. Phil Bork live in studio with us right now. And Borky, I wasn't listening to the radio at the time. I was uh, I was in an establishment watching on a television, and I was super pissed that I didn't have access to listen to you and Mike after the melee between Wilson and Zach Astron Reese. Your thoughts, two niner? Nauseous and sick to my stomach, and it takes a lot for that to happen. I've seen some some violent things happen in this game. Uh, whether I was a part of it or just witness to it, uh, and that ranks right up there. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, driving in here, I was just trying to gather my thoughts on on how I can express what I am witnessing with Tom Wilson and the league. And uh, unfortunately, it reminds me a little bit of what Matt Cook did, mm-hmm. and it got to a point where, as a Penguin broadcaster, I could not defend that anymore because I knew it had nothing to do with the jersey. He was wearing, the other team was wearing, had nothing to do with, you know, I dislike that player or dislike that team. It became about principle and what's right and what's wrong. And we're talking about people's life after hockey and we're talking about their head and we're talking about no longer a hockey play. You're talking about assault. Sure. Savard, uh, McDonough. Right. All all that. That's, it's just, it's just wrong. And everything I have in life, I owe to the game of hockey. And I, and I love being a part of the NHL. But right now, I'm embarrassed for what the NHL is doing right now. Or not doing, I should say. Looking the other way, when you have two headshots in back-to-back games, and you basically have a guy giving the middle finger to the NHL and saying, if you don't like it, then do something about it because I'm going to keep on doing it until you do something about it. And that's kind of where we are with this right now with Tom Wilson. And to see him, as you mentioned with a big old ear-to-ear, you know, cat-just-swallowed-the-canary type of grin sitting on the bench while a guy has a broken jaw laying on the ice, it goes to show you, and I also think he's been very well-schooled on what to do after these events. If you listen to his interviews, he's a bit of a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not that kind of player. I don't go out there to hurt people. Uh, I try to play hard, and I've uh, been a lot better And in the way I carry my... It's it's all a farce, and I, I, you know, I hesitate to even hear 
And and whatever Barry Trot says, I think we need to flush it as quick as possible because all he's doing is trying to stand up for his player. He doesn't know what to say because if that because what I've always done and I've learned to do is flip it around, turn it if it was the other way, and if that's a Penguin player delivering that check to one of the Washington Capitals, even if it's Ovechkin, the guy that you can't you hate as much as anybody else, you still cannot sit here in front of people and say that that's a good hockey hit or that's right. Because there's a guy that's going to be laying on an operating table having screws or bolts or plates or whatever put in his jaw because a guy launched himself into his head and then was such a high hit, he goes right over the boards into his own bench. At what point is that a hockey play? I don't... And so... That's assault. It's it's It becomes... Now you're becoming criminal and you start thinking about the welfare of the league long-term of because what they're basically doing is they're rubber stamping this and saying, green stamp, this is good. This is the kind. This is what we want in our game. We're okay with this because if you don't do something about it and you don't accept the challenge that Tom Wilson has thrown in front of you, I, I'm going to make a guarantee right here this morning. If the league does nothing about it today, he'll do it again tomorrow. He'll try to of take course. somebody's head off to, because that's what he does. He did it in the preseason, and the league gave him a little, little one finger, a little spanking on the wrist, saying we're going to suspend you for two preseason games. Way to hurt him. <laughs> so what's he doing the first game in the regular season when he plays? He does it again and gets suspended for four games. So that's what I mean. There, there's a history here of what he's going to do, and he will give the middle finger to the league and say, if you don't like it, then do something about it because I know you won't. Borky, the... The Penguins' response to all this—I I thought it was really good last night. Uh, they kept they kept it together. They didn't, agreed. They didn't implode. What do you do next game? You fill the net. You fill the net, and then you you single out players like Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, Backstrom, and you are as hard and physical as you can be without getting outside of your game plan. And and that's and that's where we all have to kind of we got to kind of throw a saddle on our our emotions here, because especially men, we're kind of brought up that when, what's the most valuable thing in your life, Crow? My kids. Okay. What if somebody came in, walked through the front door of your house and assaulted your kids? What would you do? That's where we are right now. I'd think, I think about as, it. Okay. And I'd work through my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That I think that's the way I, yeah. I, I felt when I was awake till about five o'clock this morning. I'm disturbed by this because I feel like somebody walked into our house and assaulted like one of our kids. That's that's yeah. The but the, the analogy would be that the cops did nothing about it. Exactly right. So, and so, you can't just go eye for an eye. That's not that's not how we won two Stanley Cups. We went scoreboard. We had guys get out of their comfort zone and get more physical without getting stupid and finding the way to score one more goal than they are going to score in the next three games. When you won that second cup, you went through Adam Graves and exactly. Lemieux. Exactly, now, and that's, that's what you just talked about. Is that right. going to be discussed at the team meeting today? Does everybody know? It this? has to be. You have to be on the same page. And, and, and how much of the coaches are involved in a lot? Use a it lot. as a rallying point. Absolutely, because and I'm glad you brought that up. But in '92, when Adam Graves slash Mario, we had a team meeting, and it was really it was the one one of the moments, memorable moments of Scotty Bowman delivering that message of looking everybody in the eyes. He walked around the locker room and said, "Don't touch him. Don't." touch graves we're going to win the next game and we'll handle it that way 
that was the most difficult thing. And you've heard me talk about this now, and I, I, I know it's long enough away now where I can talk about it, and I, I still feel bad about it because it was the one time I did this in my career. I was behind the play. There was only one referee. I knew nobody was looking. I got tied up with Adam Graves, and I spit in his face. And that was never me, but it was, it was my way of venting for what he did to Mario, because you remember he he pl- played the next game, he was suspended the game after that, but he actually played the next game, and I think the Rangers beat us in overtime. Overtime, Chris, the goal Chris from King below the goal line. Yeah, Chris King beat us in overtime. Then you didn't so lose you again, right? So you want to talk about seething, right? We, and we never lost again after that. But you have to internalize it, and you have to use it for fuel in your on your fire, because there's sport anger and then there's life anger, and and sometimes they can get blurred. This is sport anger, and you have to find a way to take these emotions and translate them into making yourself play better as a team. That's the ultimate payback for Tom Wilson, is to win the next game and then hit the reset and do it again. And you have to use the emotions that you have as fuel for your fire. Just eliminate them. Just eliminate them. Eliminate them. Right. It's so interesting to watch you right now compartmentalize this frustration and anger as a as an analyst as a broadcaster and i see shades of what you're talking about that the players needed to do i it feels like you're holding in the combustion yeah. that could possibly happen and controlling it and, and using it towards the goal which in this case is you yeah. not swearing non-stop and screaming at the top of your lungs yeah. <laughs> and in, and in their case will be filling the net Exactly right. And that's the way it's got to be. And, and that's hard. As I said, you know, we kind of go back to a little bit of a caveman mentality when we are attacked like this, that we want retribution. We want an eye for an eye. We want blood. But that we're, we're in a sport here and you're going to get off the track of what your ultimate goal is. And we're in these playoffs for one goal. And that is to beat the Washington Capitals and move on. And as soon as you start thinking anything different, you want to make it harder. You want to make it rougher. You want to get outside of your comfort zone as a player. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're Connor Sherry, Tom Kunakal, whoever you are. Get outside your comfort zone and do things that you usually don't do, but do it in a smart way. Do it in a creative way yeah. where you don't hurt the hockey club. Wow. Don't take penalties. Well, that doesn't work. Are you going to take out Craig Lachlan? <laughs> Did you ever back in the day? Lachlan? Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So I got to go find somebody from the Washington Post and rough them up. What's going on? Here? Do you expect a suspension? Fine. No, Anything. I don't. Neither do I. No, I, I, I have no, I have no faith in the National Hockey League anymore, and 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 the rest of the, the hockey world doesn't either. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm not going. Who likes this? Like, what faction of the of the league of the fan base owners? Like, what? Where's the group of people who says, "No, nah, this is how it should no, be"? No, I think I think we're. North. And it brings me back Canada. to the Matt Cook on Mark Savard hit, the um, Mike Richards on David Booth hit. You know, that's that's kind of where I am right now. Where I'm just like, wait a minute, that's just wrong, man. That's like this is we've gone out of hard hockey plays and hard hockey hits where we are physically assaulting somebody's head which is going to impact it's, him mm-hmm. when he's 50, 60, 70 years old and he's in a diaper drooling all over himself because the league did not govern the impactfulness of these. These are not hockey hits. This is assault. This is assault where if it happens on the street, 
You're doing time, man. This you're is going McSorley, to the big house. in your estimation. Yeah, it's 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 outside. So so to hear Barry Trotz say it's a hockey play, it's it's not. No, he broke his jaw. He launched himself in an upward motion, and he broke his jaw and caused a concussion. That's no longer hockey. It's assault. And I I just I have no I have no more faith in the National Hockey League and and the. It's it's interesting that the the people who make these decisions call themselves the player safety commi- <laughs> yeah. committee, which is is mind boggling to me. To be quite, frank. he could have laid him out clean. If if he's got a separated shoulder, I'm like, hey, hockey man, right? <laughs> That's hockey. If he's got a cracked sternum and and four cracked ribs, I'm like, hey man, playoff hockey, keep your head up, you know. But he doesn't. He has a broken jaw, and the one thing that we're trying to protect is the head man Vontez perfect why the head go for the shoulder go for the sternum go for the chest anywhere but the head I, I i wonder if people are are able to actually acknowledge how outside of the bounds of hockey yeah. this actually is i yeah. think that the traditionalists are worried that you're going to somehow legislate the physicality out of yeah. the game and that's not what this is this is taking away players that are Purposely trying to injure other players yeah. by targeting yeah. the head. A broken jaw is not a normal sport injury. No, no. it's not. Not from a ch- body check. I yeah. mean, if a stick comes up, errant stick, or the puck deflects, hits a guy in the jaw, you're like, okay, violent sport. It happens. But this is not. This is a guy that, that targeted the head, and he broke a guy's jaw, and now he's going to have to have surgery. Borky, in terms of what's going on during the play that isn't related to Wilson, biggest fix most important adjustment the rest of the way power play being a little better yeah no i mean one, stop, one for four last night but it needs to be better stop yeah. taking so many penalties lazy or, penalties stick penalties or yeah. odd man rushes against uh, it would be the last one because uh, that's that's been hurting the penguins for a while and there's times we look the other way because your goaltender makes a great save and you kind of wipe your brow and go oh boy you <laughs> dodged a bullet there but you can't it's happening way too often where you're seeing two-on-ones, three-on-ones, three-on-twos going the other way. Oh, the other or, one I wanted to throw in was secondary scoring, but you, well, you, you would still say odd man or no? Well, you give me a long list here. You know, <laughs> but, well, hey, it's... But, no, but really for me, the, the, the most important thing is, is you've you got to manage the puck and make better decisions when it comes to, listen, there's only eight teams left. The other team is going to be pretty good no matter who you're playing. There's 23 teams that are sitting on the couch guzzling beer watching hockey every single night. You're one of eight that are left. The other team's good. you got to be a lot better in the way you manage the puck and the decisions you make when you pinch and, and not having support. And I think that's the problem. The other part is the Penguins have scored seven goals in this series, and all seven, it's been Crosby or Gensel on the ice. Hmm. Phil Bork. So, you want to win a series? Get outside your comfort zone and step up. The old two-niner. Hear him alongside Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang tomorrow night when this series resumes here in Pittsburgh. Will there be a suspension for Tom Wilson between now and then? Don't count on it. I think there will. I think he's going to get one game. I think they're going to think, well, we got to do something, but it can't be too aggressive. I think if he keeps... If yeah, if he keeps this behavior up, he's going to end up being the head. It's a repeat of the National offender. Hockey What's the League protocol when the repeat department? guy gets it? Four or five, or it's it, to me, it's got to be minimum three. Dowdy got Dowdy got one, right? Season? Yeah, that's what I was just talking about in the preseason. Like, yeah, four games. Yeah, yeah. He got four games after it was the. Oh, first I thought that was regular. Season. The first, first well, he gets suspended two preseason games, 
Then this first game back, he does it again, and then they give him four regular season games. This is game one of the regular season. After he was just suspended. Just suspended. Just punished. Garbage. He doesn't get it. The old two nine. I don't even blame him at this point. Why wouldn't why would you stop what you're doing exactly. if they're not? If that's they're why not I, that's why I'm telling it. you, if they don't suspend him, he will do it again tomorrow. And I'll have that big old grin sitting on the bench saying, What are you gonna do about it, NHL? I'm gonna keep on doing it until you do something. Old two niner, Bill Bork. Borky, thanks. That was I mean, I'm ready to run through a wall right now. Yeah. I'm so I'm pissed. ready to go this is look why up I'd, Adam Graves. I had to wear my Hanson shirt today. I was so fired nice. up. Nice. <laughs> I was so pissed last night. I like yeah. this is why I didn't sleep. Just me either. Oh my god, the hypertension had me up all night. Oh, I was just angry. Yeah. Thrashing channel in my it. bed. <laughs> you need to channel it. <laughs> I'm gonna channel it. As a city, we need to channel our hatred for Tom Wilson into a victory tomorrow night. The old two niner. Borky, thank you. Crow, Randall, Valerie, and Michael. I enjoyed our time together, and this was good hockey talk. President Trump's former doctor says uh, he never wrote that letter bragging about Trump's great oh. health <laughs> during the presidential campaign. However, in his uh, denial, he contradicted himself. Dr. Harold Bornstein says Trump dictated the whole letter. And he told CNN, quote, I just made it up as I went along. So but now the only this... two people responsible for letting us know the health of the orange guy is the, is the guy that looks like Sean McDowell, who's yes. clearly Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> and the uh, drunk Dr. Ronnie, who's running around giving everybody happy pills. God, I need These are the doctors. two trusted medical opinions that we're using to base our analysis of the president's health. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell joining us right now from Los Angeles, California. What's up, cousin? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? What's going on? It's really, really a nice greeting. I enjoy that. Bill. You know, what's going on? Yeah, we miss you. Very nice. We miss you, Bill. What you been doing, Bill? Did you watch the game last night or what happened? I did. I got home in time to catch that debacle. Wilson's a pig. He's a pig. <laughs> a pig of filthy a man. Pig, That's yeah. a pig. He's a filthy pig. And uh, we're not getting any calls, and I'm I'm a little, I'm starting to get a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> That was a lot of range in that in that sentence. <laughs> he's a pig, and I'm a little worried. I gotta be honest, I'm a little worried. Those are my two thoughts. I'm, he's a Wilson's a pig, and I'm a little worried. You know, they they hate us because we own them. We own we've owned them for so long that you know, unless we get a couple guys back on the ice, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not no, ready don't to give up the ship yet. But no, I'm, don't I'm, give up. No, I won't. I won't. I'm just, I'm not usually this uncomfortable with it. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, they spoil us so much that I'm not usually, you know, like, how are we behind in the series? That doesn't happen to us. And so, <laughs> well, you know, know when they have uh, shots to the head that go yeah. uncalled yeah, and uncalled. Uh, goals that are behind the line yep. that are called no goals, and it Correct. just seems like, uh, you know, the. Uh, uh, the boys are up against the brakes here. Didn't want us to win. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you 100. Um, percent It's really uh, it's it's really disheartening the the way these games are being called, Sundays included. That being said, I'm not counting this team out until they no, start making tea no, times because no, no, me either, me either. You know, we beat Washington. That's what we do. That is what we do. 
So, you know, uh, hopefully we can get a few more guys back on the ice and uh, we go from a one-line team, you know. <laughs> we, need, we need we need to, to gel a little bit here. This next game, Thursday, is going to be heavy. So heavy. So if, if you ever wanted to go down to the arena and really be loud, Thursday's the night. Yeah, that's what they call in football a two-chin-strap game. That's a two-chin-strap <laughs> That's right. That's right. Put on extra pads oh. tonight, fellas. That's right. That's right. All right, Val's got a news update for us. Billy Gardell hanging out with us. By the way, ah, Bill, did, did that second show already sell out? Or are we, it uh, has not. There are still some tickets available for the Friday night show at the Benetton, November 16th, and you can go to uh, www.trusta. I love when we say the W's. www.trustarts.com or .org, and then uh, 412-456. 6666, or you can just go to dve.com and it'll give you all the information for my coming home shows. And I hope to see you in there. Triple dub dot trustarts.org. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right, Val, what's going on? Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Center 11. It's 62 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. President Trump wants to create a branch of the military that would fight in outer space. <laughs> The president. Here we go. Space <laughs> Army. I've been waiting forever Again. for this. Lost I, in space. I'm enlisting. I think it was Ian Carmel, the, the comic, who had the line, I can't believe there's a president who bangs porn stars and wants to have space armies, and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, all, all the dreams are yeah, coming true exactly. from a 14-year-old kid. Yeah. The president spoke to members of the West Point football team at the White House yesterday and said his administration is thinking of adding a sixth branch to the U.S. military called the Space Force. Trump said, quote, we're getting very big in space, both militarily and for other reasons, and we are seriously thinking of the Space Force, end quote. In March, Trump told military <laughs> members in California that space is warfighting domain, just like the land, air, and sea. He must have seen an early screening of that new Solo movie. <laughs> he got excited. He's like, come on, I want to see the Millennium Falcon in, in real life. We should have a spaceship. Why don't we have a spaceship? We should have spaceships. If I'm I waiting till he has. I definitely go eight parsecs. He's only he's only a, a couple of uh, uh, political cycles away from having Kellyanne Conway chained up next to him in the Princess Leia outfit as he Jabba <laughs> Jabba the Hutt's his way. He's like like it's orange Jabba the Hutt just sitting there. No, wrong, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to choke him out with that chain. And Doctor, yeah, Doctor Ronnie's behind him, giving him a you know thumbs up. No, great bill of health. No, no, as Jabba's go, he really has a uh, he's got a great cardiovascular system. Uh, Doctor Ron's, he's just sitting there like that rat going. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Investigators say a man entered a new Kensington house and pretended to be asleep to elude police who were pursuing him. Great move. Uh, not so much. Uh, police say they chased Jadrian Wade. You can't arrest me. Go issue. <laughs> uh, police arrested. Uh, police say they chased Jadrian Wade through a series of New Kensington streets before he ran inside a Woodmont Avenue home and crawled under the covers of a bed pretending to be sleeping. That's like, that is the Homer Simpson oh defense right there. Just like, I was sleeping the whole time. Nothing to see here. 
Hey, guys, you start wiping crusties out of your eyes? What are you guys doing here? Sir, your car is in another person's house. I don't know what happened. Check, Lojack. What did he do before? Uh, It said that police were pursuing him. He was on probation for assault charges, and I don't know if he was violating or... So he's smart, too. Uh, Police were not fooled. Drugs and guns were found inside the house, which this 24-7 news source story doesn't say if it was his house. If it wasn't, what an unfortunate choice for him. Oh, God, I picked the wrong house. (laughs) (laughs) He goes over to Bobby, the drug dealers. I need to take a nap at your place right now. (laughs) This reminds me of the legendary break-in on Mount Washington. He saved it. He was cold and wanted to come inside. There's a radiator in the hallway. Why do you have to come in? Why does he have to come in my bed? I mean, does it look like this is such a nice bed that he can't resist? You know what? <laughs> Only t- happened to me. That's it. It won't happen to nobody else. Just to me. He had to kick in two doors to come and get in bed with me. So I'm figuring, why didn't he just get a hotel room down at Holiday Inn Express? Well, now he got a hotel room on Second Avenue. <laughs> Listen, that is the stairway to heaven. Why is he not leading with the news every night at 6 o'clock? Bill, that that is the stairway to heaven of Yenzers in the news. Yeah, that that really is. Why is he not on TAE at 6 o'clock every night? Films are winning Oscars that don't have that kind of writing. I'm Don Cannon, and I'm Augie. And I got to tell you what happened. <laughs> There's your radiator right in the hallway. You don't believe this one. You know what? Yenzer's <laughs> in the news. <laughs> ah, that's great. He I think it was. It. <laughs> I think it was uh, Mike either yesterday or the day before played a clip from, I think it was Kevin Colbert, and he said, you know what? <laughs> I was like, oh. you know what? <laughs> you know <laughs> what? As soon as you hear, you know what? I always think you. You know what? Right away, it's the Yinzers in the News theme. You know what? Yinzers in the News. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he was cold. You know how sometimes you hear a song eight million times and it just becomes like you don't really think about the song anymore and you know every once in a while you'll hear it and you'll be like really listening to it like yeah this song rocks mm-hmm. but I haven't appreciated it for a while because it's become like musical wallpaper. The Yenzers in the News theme every once in a while will creep up on me and make me laugh uncontrollably hard. It's a classic. <laughs> I wish I could call into Michelle and request it. You know what? Yenzers in the News. <laughs> <laughs> He had to knock down two doors. Oh, Billy, we are in trouble. Yeah. All the way Uh, around the horn. I know, buddy. (laughs) Monday, did you guys talk about National Honesty Day with Sally on Monday? No, No. she lost her shoe and the whole broadcast went to hell. (laughs) What? (laughs) What what happened with Sally? I don't know. She lost her shoe at one point in the studio. For some reason, when Sally comes in here and she's sitting next to you, she becomes like a a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. (laughs) I don't say anything. I know. That's why you guys are just shouldn't be around each other anymore. You're one of those old couples that doesn't even have to... (laughs) Say a word to fight. Don't even say it <laughs> like that. I just she starts having arguments with her with you in her head that, have that you happened. haven't said <clears throat> out loud. I just look at her and she goes crazy. She starts yelling at me about things I haven't said. Well, then it is like an old couple. You just look at her and she's like, "Don't even don't start." 
Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> well, anyway, Monday was National Honesty Day. And according to a new survey, 27% of Americans say they don't ever lie at all. I mean, well, that is a lie right there. Yeah. <laughs> Another 18% said they tell one lie a year at the most. One lie a year. One, they, they keep track. Get out of here. 14% said they lie every couple months. So that's a total of 59% who claim they never lie or hardly ever do. Another 18% of people said they lie a couple times a month, 11% multiple times a week, 6% about once a day, and the remaining 6% admitted to telling multiple lies every day. I wish I could get Patty to lie. <laughs> she doesn't lie? She could take some heater off that truth ball that she's <laughs> lying all the time. <laughs> I'm constantly getting up, dusting myself off, trying to get back in the box. She can take it easy on that heat. She's bringing the chin, chin music every, every, coming, every pitch. coming right down Broadway with some truth every day. 53%. Take it easy, man. 53% of people in the survey said white lies that don't hurt anyone are okay to tell. 47% said lying for any reason is wrong. And the three most common lies we tell, white lies, lies by omission where you're not completely upfront about something, and then lies we tell ourselves to make us feel better. I lie to myself more than I lie to anybody else. <laughs> I, would agree with, I would agree with that. You're a victim of friendly fire more you, than anything? What do you lie to yourself about? That uh, I, t I tell myself I can do things I can't do. Oh, my God. I persuade myself I'm not, every morning. Yeah. Or that I'm not tired. I could do that. Or uh, that, oh, that's, that's totally normal, that reaction you just had. <laughs> yeah, <or laughs> that, there I'm wasn't any problem. I'm dying on Monday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So since I'm starting on Monday, might yeah, as well I'm have two ice cream cones. Because yeah. I'm going to get it together Monday. Everything's going to be better. Monday. You didn't. You I'm didn't. Always, I'm always starting healthy things on Monday or the first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first. Those the are month. my good numbers. Yeah. Mine will be like you didn't drink that much this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't really eat that bad. <laughs> you didn't. No. You don't need to work out. All the all the, you know, mm -hmm. the crap that yep. we tell ourselves to rationalize our bad behavior uh finally westworld will be coming back for a third season hbo announced that the show has been renewed it comes a little over a week after the premiere of its second season i'm saying that and i missed last week's episode i just got home i got, got some catching up to do i love the show and also i'm terribly confused yeah I've okay not. good that's good yeah it is forecast today Sunny and hot. A little breezy today. 80 for the high. It is 63 a DVE. That's like Rock'em FM robots, basically. Western world, right? Pretty much. Just fighting in FM. Well, it's, I, love the, I love the premise of the show, but it is very vague at points, and they really don't <laughs> spell out plot lines, and I'm like, oh, man, this is deep. Or I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Billy uh, Crawford came in the other day. He goes, you don't watch Westworld, do you? I go, nope. And he goes, you're not missing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he wanted to be angry about the show. <laughs> you're not missing nothing. Yeah, well, at this point, I'm committed. So I'm going yeah, to have to watch same it. Way. Like, yeah, you're I gotta, screwed. Once you commit. I got to watch, watch Westworld like game tape over and over again. See, right there is where he went in. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> that must be a guy thing because Tim does the same thing. Think about like the, the so the premise of the show is basically that there's this this 
old west that you can go to where yeah, everybody I've, in that world is a robot. It's like your fantasy. And you can yeah. play it out any way you want. You, whatever you want to do. Do you want to have a shootout in the Times Square? Do you want to get a prostitute? Do you want to go drink in the saloon? Like, whatever you want to do, check, you can have that check, world. Check. <laughs> you can do all those things. And it, it gets deeper and deeper, and then all of a sudden, you know, the robots started to becoming self-aware. And But, like, you know. what was the uh, the show with Justin Thoreau? It was after the rapture. The leftovers, leftovers, is that what it is? Oh, my God. Tim watched leftovers. that. He kept watching. He's like, I don't, I'm totally uh, lost. That, like, well, that, what are you shows, watching it for? It's because then you get so far in, you're like, no, no, it's not going to beat me now. No, <laughs> it's not going to beat me. But the leftovers was, to me, that, that just tortured me right to the end. <laughs> I would right watch it. I would watch him with a At the same. end, uh, Val, at the end, I was rooting for them to go. Wasn't he like riding a horse at the end or something? It was the strangest, weird dreamscape. I was rooting for everyone to be evaporated at the end of that show. <laughs> Just come and take everybody else. I thought it was going to be a cooking show. <laughs> Dad jokes for days in the 9 o'clock hour. <laughs> he said that he was cold. Gingers in the news. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Billy Gardell with us. i got to take a commercial break. No we'll one come else back. will watch that show. Only me. Uh, we've got uh, Mike Pursuta joining us here in the studio in a recap once again of what happened last night. But, you know, there's some Steeler news, too. Big Ben uh, has sounded off about the drafting of quarterback Mason Rudolph with the uh, with their third pick in the 2018 NFL draft. Uh, Not thrilled about spoiler it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he did a, they did what? Uh, you know, <laughs> he did the Scooby-Doo response to saying, yeah. DVE Sports. All right, we got Billy Gardell live in Los Angeles, California right now. Gosh. And we've got Mike Persuda live with your sports now on DVE. little uh, breaking news for you, uh, courtesy of Jason Mackey, one minute ago on Twitter. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you do that, there's some breaking news here. Wilson's a pig. Okay, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Tom Wilson will have a hearing with the NHL Department of Player Safety for his hit on Zach Aston Reese. So George Peros, former goon, is going to greet current goon, Tom Wilson, and uh, give him the old slap on the back and go, yeah, you can't laugh at him, okay? All right. So what's the line they use? Oh, it's just hockey play. Yeah, I think he's getting suspended. Peros is going to be like, you know, if you keep this up, you could have my job one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great point. Once again, a significant factor in the rule in, in how they judge these things is, uh, quote, whether the opponent materially changed the position of his body or head immediately prior to or simultaneously with the hit in a way that significantly contributed to the head contact. When I look at the Dumoulin hit, I see him changing the position of his body and his head. When I look at the Aston Reese hit, I see neither of those things. So we'll see how it plays out. There, there, there is a rule. There is a procedure. We'll see what happens. I think this is like the blue or the gold dress, Mike. We just see it differently because the Dumoulin hit. We all watched the same video, and we just saw something different. Yeah. I mean, he slams on the brakes and turns his body facing the other direction that he had been pointed in. That's materially I, I, changing your body position to me. I, I think definition. Tom will. I think he had enough time to avoid that contact, yeah. and he came up with his shoulder. 
We'll see yeah, what that's what I saw. He goes up with the shoulder. We'll see what uh, player safety has to say about it. Uh, the Penguins uh, trying to come to grips with that 4-3 loss in Game 3 last night against the Capitals. And uh, not uh, a game that uh, has necessarily changed the series into a direction that it uh, can't be reversed from again. It's, uh, it's just 2-1. to one. Uh, Nothing's decided yet. But uh, what has been decided is that this is a different series than the last two. In 2016... Uh, the Penguins started on the road, got a split in D.C., and then won two straight at home for a three-games-to-one series lead. In 2017, the Penguins started with two wins in D.C., lost game three, but won game four at home for a three-games-to-one series lead. It's not going to be three-to-one Pittsburgh this time after four games. Not after uh, the Capitals won game three last night in Pittsburgh. And how did they do that? Why did they do that? Maybe... Maybe it's because these Capitals are different than their playoff failure predecessors. Here's head coach Barry Trotz. Hey, you know, coming here, we had one thing in mind: is just this game. Let's just work on this game. I think this group has has uh, learned to not look too far ahead, uh, not to get too comfortable. Uh, we've had to work hard. We've had a lot of changes in our team um, all year to to sort of get a little bit of an identity that we. Each group every year forges a new identity, and this group continues to forge a little bit of an identity. And I, I think we, we, you know, we've got, uh, I'll say, some confidence uh, in our group. Uh, they have confidence in each other, and they have trust in each other, and they're and they're playing, uh, they're playing for keeps, and that's both teams are. And uh, I, you know, it's. In the last couple of years, it, we haven't been in this position where we've been able to come in and and. Uh, you know, regain uh, home ice advantage. So we're just going to focus on the next game now. You know, we talked about this a little bit after Washington lost those first two games against Columbus in overtime at home and then won four in a row. Did the Caps find some character finally? It's looking like they uh, they have a little more character than they usually have when they play the Penguins. They uh, came back from a couple of one-goal deficits on the road last night and uh, – that doesn't make them an unbeatable team, but that makes them maybe a harder team to beat this time than they've been every other time. So the Pens uh, need to take notice of that. Uh, one of the reasons the Caps have that two games to one lead is all the odd man rushes the Penguins have been surrendering. Uh, they've been doing it with regularity. According to Doc Emmerich last night, it's 17 so far in the three games, including three in the third period last night. I noticed two in the last five minutes last night, including one that produced the game-winning goal by Alex Ovechkin with 67 seconds left. The Penguins are breaking down and allowing this to happen, but Trotz uh, also maintained that the Capitals are making it happen. It's commitment. It's it's paying the price. It's it's getting uh, all those. I always say those loose pucks, those battles. Uh, that, you know, there's a there's a loose puck. Who's getting to it, and who wants it more, and all that. And um, if you execute those, you get some opportunity. And uh, I thought we had a real high commitment in a lot of areas, and that's an area where um, that is one of those necessary details for you to have success if you're going to win. And uh, we had those necessary details. If you had to get that puck because you're under pressure, guy coming down the wall, we were able to do that a little bit more. Um, but those are that's the dirty part of the game where it's hard. Those small spaces, uh, you've got to be poised. And I, I thought you know, we had a lot of guys step up in that area. 
This is the third time in the Mike Sullivan era the Penguins have been trailing in a series after more than one game. They were down uh, three games to two and going to Tampa in the Eastern Conference Final in 2016. They won that one, then won game seven at home. Uh, they were down 2-1 to one to Ottawa in the conference final last year. Wound up winning that in seven in double OT, and now they're down 2-1 to one to the Caps. Again, far from a done deal. Uh, th- this isn't a horse that can't be rode, but Penguins are going to have to pick it up. They're going to have to play their best to beat these guys. Not that they can't do it, but uh, they're going to have to do it. Patrick Hornquist said last night they'll be ready, willing, and able to do it. No, we're comfortable. We know where, we, where we're capable in this room, and we showed out there the, the whole game. It's just, you know, it's, it's a tough one to swallow right now, but the thing is we're going to have a meeting tomorrow and then forget about it and then focus on the next game. And if they're going to do it, they're going to have to keep their wits about them while others may seemingly be losing theirs. Crystal Tang thought they checked that box last night. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I think we handled it the right way. We, we went out there, we played physical, we got some hits. Um, nothing over the line. Uh, we didn't cross a, the edge, so I think it was good. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that should be an underrated component of last night. They, they had a chance to go berserk, and they didn't do it. They can take that. They can take anything they else. They just screwed up. They screwed up because a couple of periodic the, their response to yeah. that was good, and the breakdowns were way too costly. Ovi made an outstanding play on the breakaway. Yeah. Um, that was a regular, a, that was a regular season game. You'd be saying, "Well, they played really well, except for this, this, and this." It's harder to get to that point in the playoffs because the stakes are so much higher. But Mata had a really bad turnover there, and he and Latang were taking a lot of chances. Latang still has the 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 mindset that his body can do the things they did when he was a younger guy, and it can't any longer. Not after all the injuries, not after all the wear and tear. And he takes Troy Polamalu used to do this stuff. Where he thought his body Periodically, could still do these things that they, they can't do anymore. Mind-boggling breakdown in, in play and judgment. I mean, to yeah. turn the puck over and then go chase him and get a penalty? They can be tougher to score against than, they, than they've been, and I think they can work even more down low. They, they had some moments last night where they were getting the puck below the Caps' goal line and going to work in the offensive end. Keep that up. Keep shooting on the power play. Give yourself your best possible chance. That's proven good enough the last two years. Billy Gardell with us. When we come back, Mark Madden joining the room here. Back, not your wallet. It's the DVE boarding show. The uh, aforementioned Mark Madden joining us here on the show right now. Well, hold on. Will you give me a, uh, give me the, uh, <laughs> give, me, give me that again because it didn't pick up on the mic. Woo. It's the, it's the soft. <laughs> the subtle Ric Flair. The woo. subtle Ric Flair. Woo. The, in, but the other flare. one was even more subtle. I, I, it was I, just, woo. yeah. <laughs> Is like, there a so, quizzical one? Like an owl. Like woo? Yeah, is it a question? A, no, no, I don't think there is. Uh, Billy Gardell also on the line. Is there with a sad us. one. Hi, Cash. Woo. woo. Yeah, we need to. Can you pick up Mark's mic a little bit? Thanks, Joe. Okay. Uh, Mark Madden live in studio right now. Tom Wilson meeting with George Paros. They'll probably have a couple beers and talk about. Gee, I was a goon. You're a goon. No suspension for you, young man. Just don't make it as obvious. It's been three headshots in nine playoff games, but we're of the brotherhood, so. We'll suspend Kadri, we'll suspend Dowdy, we'll suspend Stars, but we'll protect a fellow goon. That's and great. make no mistake, that's what this is. Uh, George Paros is a useless lump from Washington, PA, who didn't have a speck of hockey talent, who survived in the league by endangering player safety. The head of the Department of Player Safety is a useless piece of trash 
with a porn stash who did nothing but endanger player safety, and now he's in charge of player safety. It's like putting John Wayne Gacy on the Supreme Court. It's absurd, and we shouldn't be surprised this is happening. I'm just sitting with the analogy for a second. Okay, I'll allow it. Mass murderer? Yeah. Supreme uh, Court? Sure. Uh, I don't understand how the, the refs could have a little confab, talk about it, and not at least cover their ass with a two-minute penalty. Yeah, why not overcorrect? Well, this is what hockey wants, though. And I mean, ho- he should have been thrown out. Oh, it should have been a match penalty. Yeah. But this is what hockey wants. This is that old-school Canadian hockey mentality where toughness is supposed to mean as much to the game as skill. And excuses being made on Wilson's behalf are unbelievable. Like, Barry Melrose was talking on ESPN last night during their 15 seconds every evening of hockey coverage, whether they really (laughs) want to do it or not. Barry said that uh, it was shoulder to shoulder. Okay, Wilson's shoulder nicked Aston Reese's shoulder en route to taking his head just about clean off. Okay, just because you happen to glance off the shoulder does not mean it didn't target the head. We had Kevin Colbert on the show the other day, and he said hockey needs to do what football does. Don't differentiate between intent and accidental. A headshot's a headshot, and you penalize it. Ken Dryden, Hockey Hall of Famer, Cornell graduate, lawyer, probably the greatest goalie ever, six-time Stanley Cup champion, he says every headshot should be penalized. Maybe that's the guy who should be in charge of the Department of Player Safety instead of some goon with a porn stash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how did you like the Penguins' response to it? I mean, other than, you know, look, you know, defensively they got caught up, they, they pinched too often, and I, I they, they, they kept paid their the heads. price. But that, they did, though, yeah, and that was good, and that had to be hard to do. Well, and all the all the numbnuts out there who say we should have Ryan Reeves, Alexiak wanted to fight Wilson, uh, called him out. Yeah, he turtled. You, uh, Wilson wouldn't do it. So if he, he was wouldn't fight Alexiak, he certainly wouldn't fight Reeves. Uh, I thought the Penguins' main flaw last night, well, first off, Murray's got to stop the third goal. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was like Niskin was playing catch with him from the point. I don't know how the frig that got in the net. And, you know, Murray's a great goal, and he's won a lot. But that doesn't mean that every bad goal that goes in is okay. And uh, Jeez, it almost looked like if he hadn't tried to catch it, it wouldn't have gone in. Yeah, like he <laughs> like muffed it angle. into the net. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then the Penguins pinched on the boards to keep the puck in has become too predictable and too risky. The Penguins allowed four two-on-one breakaways in the third period of a tie playoff game. How the heck does that happen? They, they got to be a bit more conservative. I know they play this umtepo style that served them extremely well for the last two years, but maybe the time's come to dial it down. Maybe the Capitals have figured it out. They, they got the puck clean past the defenseman and off to the races more times in one period than you should be able to do in an entire playoff series. So let me ask you this. No secondary scoring at all. I mean, top line's been great. Other than that, Penguins, uh, you know, Geno in his first game back, had a couple golden opportunities. Gino, Gino played a pretty good game, hit the post. I mean, I think he'll be that much better uh, tomorrow night. Phil Kessel's playing hurt. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, you, you, know, you know, the only thing that, I mean, if he's hurt, he's hurt. And you can't ask him to not be hurt. Right. The only thing that kind of makes me, I don't want to say maybe kvetch a little bit is the best word, is, you know, he was hurt at the end of the season. He kept playing to prolong his consecutive game streak. Okay, this cons- this matters more than this consecutive game streak, and I hate to be, you know, perhaps paying a price for that. What now. about Broussard being knocked down and uh, still not getting a lot of production? 
Yeah, I, you know, sometimes guys don't play as well as you hope. Maybe he still will. Now, like, people who expected the same production he had in the playoffs with the Rangers and Columbus, that was probably overshooting the mark a bit because he was never going to be put out there in the same situations with the, you know, with, with the same caliber people, right. except, of course, for Kessel, as he did in Columbus and New York. Like, I don't remember for sure, but I would think he was on the first power play on those teams uh, in playoff runs when he had those, I think, 55 points in 77 games coming into this year, and he's not in that situation now. I think he's playing a good 200-foot game, but he definitely needs to produce more. And he's not playing the Penguins, so that, that, that hurts true. him a lot. He did really well against the Penguins. <laughs> yeah. and like Connor Sherry has no goals. If he has no goals, he's just not helping you. Uh, you're right, the secondary scoring has been very disappointing. And the scoring from defense as well. Before we go, I need to. Uh, I just want to end on a serious note because we paid tribute to uh, to our fallen comrade Digby earlier this morning. Right, that was a real shock, and yeah, uh, he was terrible. a part of your uh, your radio family and our radio family for a long time. And just a great guy. Yeah, uh, just very a great cool. guy. Uh, big hockey guy. Yeah, was producing the Penguins broadcast. Uh, I always enjoyed uh, being around him and dealing with him. You know, you know, it, making it even sadder. I mean, not that it could be much sadder. I was shocked to learn he's like what forty eight. How old was he? I think about he was that, 50, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was older than me because he had been an established guy on the radio for so long. For since so I, long. Since, I mean, he must have been like on air when he was like 21, 22 years old because that's what I remember, yeah. him, him being around that long. Yeah, he, he uh, had been around a long time. and uh, I remember him at all the X-Fests, and oh. he, was, he was everywhere. Legend. Yeah, very sad to hear. I, I was stunned. When, when I got the phone call yesterday. And if you listen to the uh, broadcast of the Penguins game on 105.9 uh, The X yesterday, you heard Digby's voice because his voice is on all the commercials. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it's like he's still there in those games. Which is how he'd want it. Oh, there's no doubt, man. I was really hoping they were going to win that one uh, for, for Digby's sake last night. But, you know, they got this series still to go. But he was a great dude, and, uh, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't spend yeah, no a lot of time talking about no how much he meant to the day-to-day operations here and enabled this place to put on, like, top-notch broadcasts to allow the, those Penguin broadcasts, the Steeler broadcasts. He was an integral part of all of those. The days of Howard Stern, he ran the, the board there, the, the billions of air shifts he did for the X through the years. Well, he, he's Apparently. like a radio lifer, and I yeah. say that in a very honorable way. I, I think guys like him, like guys like him, I, Radio rats, back, like right, Doug Hearth, like people who just spent their whole lives at the profession, and I, I've really, you know, as a guy who got into this very late, I've really come to admire people like that, and especially Digby. He will be missed. All right, uh, special thanks to all of our guests this morning, including Jeff Conkle, Jason Mackey of the Trib, Phil Bork. Borky was outstanding. He was pissed, right? Oh, oh, oh yeah. But, but much like they need to do on the ice, he kept it compartmentalized. He, he converted it. We need to use it. <laughs> By the way, I expect the Capitals to fall apart, just like. Britt McHenry's career. So. <laughs> so this is far from over. Thanks to Mark. And, of course, thanks to our friend Billy Gardell. <laughs> Billy! Tickets. Oh, guys, great being with you this morning. Sorry I was traveling yesterday, but uh, looking forward to coming home. And uh, I'm going to try to come home and make a game, too. So go Pens on Thursday and box. And great hearing everybody this morning. There are some tickets still available for Billy's second show this upcoming November at the Benningham Center. 412-456-6666 or online at www.trustarts.org. We've got them through the dve.com website as well. Uh, the first show sold out in uh, mere moments, and the yeah, second show pre-sale about, went. I think the last count for that second one's about 1,700, so we've got a few to go. Yeah, Beautiful. a couple hundred tickets left there, so uh, jump on board and join us for a great weekend with Billy in November. His uh, stand-up homecoming. 
yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We've got some special guests coming in Saturday, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a big show. A couple big shows. Looking real forward to it. I'm upset that we didn't get to play uh, Madden his his. Uh, oh yeah, the impersonation. Well, we'll play it. I heard about that. Who cares? No, the listeners. No, you got to hear this. You'll love it. I'm not going to hear it. I won't like it. Have yeah, you? Have no, you yeah. not heard it yet? I, I'm I think not you're going to like it. it. I won't. Wait, like you have headphones it. on today. Yeah, yeah. You, you're yeah. really going to like this. Well, to hear Billy. Yeah, I appreciate oh, yeah, that. That's true. Jill, what was it? Jill Balmer is the winner of our tickets. Uh, we gave away tickets to every home game in this series against the Capitals to uh, the best video submission explaining why they were uh, the biggest Penguins fan and deserve the tickets, et cetera, et cetera. Jill Balmer did so by doing a Mark Madden impersonation, complete with fake oh, beard. Oh, she's like a Twitter rat. And hair. Well, well, well. So it's the pens and caps in the playoffs again. Well, if Ovechkin thinks this year is going to be any different, like me. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> if I had a dime... For every Stanley Cup Ovechkin's one, I would have zero dimes. <laughs> Brandon Holdby, D-Lee, Sounds like D-Lee, she's impersonating D-Lee. Jack Benny. Hold on, let's take a call. Jill Balmer's the biggest Pens fan ever. Who's Jill Balmer? Then she took off her Madden I'm costume. And I might not be a super genius, but I am a super Pens fan. Whoa! <laughs> what a sad, lonely, like, pathetic life. That sounds like the person that goes, the only thing to do was get the women back to Christmas Town. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Jill. And uh, bring us a W here tomorrow night. Would right. you go with her if she offered you a ticket? No. I would not spit on her if she were on fire. Come on. Be nice. No. Say you'd spit on her if she was on fire. Okay, I will. <laughs> oh, I can't even say no. No. <laughs> Archie, how can you just say no? Like this, he did no. No. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you Bye, later. Love you, guys. Love you, Belly. Love you, Belly. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.